God, that's the Terminator's music. What's a Terminator? I'm from the 1950s. I come from 40 years into your future. <gasps> I need to terminate Spencer Breslin. What? You're just like all the other bullies at school. I'm no. tired of people like you, mister. Do not use the one too. He's very effective. Wait, you're from the future? Yes. I Do you have a dog? I fly a red airplane. Where's your dog named Chester? I have no chicks either. So you're just a chickless, dogless Terminator. I'm Terminated, fucker. Did someone say Terminated? That sounds like a therapy word. Let's bring in therapist Jennifer Lawrence from Silver Linings Playbook. My husband's dead, and now I just sex everyone. Mm. I don't think you understand Dance. what a therapist does. <laughs> <laughs> Opens up way too much. Um, oh. And this intro is terminated. That's right. We were we had one idea, and we gave it only one chance. But we've got movies that are getting a second chance today. Yay! Welcome back to Movies for Win. Oh man, this is movies for when you want to give a movie a second chance. Um, I'm Greg. That's Denny. There's Vanessa. We gave her Hi. a second chance because she was here last week. Not she that was. she needed one. Yeah. Sometimes exactly. you do good on your first chance, and you get a second chance, mm. like Neo Libs and Obama. So Vanessa's the only successful second chance in this episode. Um, so well, far. Nice. So far. Uh... Could I could I interject with a little housekeeping note? Yeah, sure. I wanted to give a shout out to Jeremy Taylor. Jeremy, I had dinner with a mutual sister of ours, Megan Taylor, this week. And she told me that you listen to our podcast. So here's a nice little surprise for you, sir. If you made it this far, friend of the show, Jeremy Taylor. Boom. Yay. There it is. Thanks for listening, Jeremy. Welcome you, aboard, man. Jeremy. Mutual okay. sister. I like that. We have the same mom. Oh, no way. Well, technically. Your sister, too? called Cindy's Taylor. Our moms have the same name. The Cindy Taylor twos. And I've gone on family vacations with them, so it's uh, pretty believable. <laughs> when we tell people we're siblings. Edit this out. Dude, you're so... <laughs> I like this joke. You're so adopted. All right. Know, um, right? Movies that are getting a second chance. If you listened to our last episode, you heard Vanessa ranting and raving about a little film called Disney's The Kid. I consider that the whole title. Disney's Same. the kid. Same. Isn't it? I mean, it has to be, right? It's not. It's just called the kid. No. But I mean, you. 
I've never heard it in any official um, any official literature or commercials be referred to as anything other than Disney's the kid. Yes. So I think it's because they don't say like uh, Disney Snow White. You know, yeah. like they never do. Mm-hmm. They like randomly branded this that way. <laughs> I don't know why. In addition to Disney's the kid by Walt Disney, uh, my pick was Silver Linings Playbook, not from Woo! Disney. Yeah. And Denny's pick was Terminator 2. Ooh. Ju- was that Judgment Day? Probably. Yeah, it was. Um, They're all Judgment Day at a certain point. It's a fucking backwards-ass <laughs> franchise. Sloppy well, franchise. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah, these are movies that one or all of us watched and maybe didn't really have too much praise for it on the first vi- list, uh, first viewing. So we thought, you know what? People we know seem to love this movie, so we're going to give it another watch. Maybe we missed something. It's been too long since we've seen it. We'll give it another shot. Um, boy, oh boy. We're going to start with... What a mistake we've made. Silver Linings Playbook is good. Oh, no. I love Silver Linings Playbook. I don't know about Greg. That one's the only one that I don't oh. understand why it's on this list, but... You're I can just... You're about we're to gonna, know about Greg. <laughs> we're going to chop it up in this episode. I think yeah, this yeah. is going to be our most uh, controversial episode ever because I guarantee everything other than uh, us not liking the kid is going to piss people off. That's <laughs> and, right. Maybe each other off as, as we as we go on. So. For, for the one person that listens that's a huge fan of Disney's The Kid, we're not sorry for no, what we're, we're about to say. You're going to be mad we're for mad. all three movies. You know what? Before we get into relationships with the movies, um, I will say, neutral party on Disney's The Kid. Okay. Um, I don't really have a strong hatred for it, and I think that's the best we are going to get for uh, for a devil's advocate, which I think the other movies will have a little back and forth banter, which I'm excited about. So, I'm 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 here to I'm going to be Vanessa's cheerleader for this segment i think so we're starting with disney's the kid this was um producer vanessa's pick as our third pick um i'll summarize the plot for you uh in kind of wait 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 i want vanessa to summarize the plot Uh, before you summarize go ahead greg do you do you want to summarize it because i i I can try i have something in mind if that's oh no no greg go 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 I think if we get Vanessa, I'm trying to wind her up. I'm, I'm, I'm just g- trying to wind her up for the content. I'll, but Greg, I'll if wind you have her something up. in mind, go for it. I'll wind her up with what could have been. All right, I'll, I'll summarize the plot by pitching the idea behind the movie. Danny, what if in your, let's say you have a successful career, right? Okay. And that sounds nice. We made a movie about you. We wow. have a man with a successful career, but he's kind of a jerk. He doesn't remember a lot about his childhood. And it turns out he's actually suppressing some severe traumas from his past when he was a young child. Wait a minute. You made this movie about me six years ago? I don't know what you're talking about. Don't interrupt my pitch. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I want you to imagine a movie where the younger version of that successful man comes to to the future to visit him. And they both don't know why, because he's suppressed the trauma and the kid hasn't experienced the trauma yet. And they figure it out together. It's a kids movie that will open up emotionally, um, teach kids uh, how to handle traumas, and hopefully have the adult audience also uh, come to grips and maybe think of healthy ways to cope with uh, things that were in the past. Does that sound like a good movie to you? 
Greg, I'm going to be honest, on paper, that sounds like a pretty fantastic movie. That sounds great. Sounds like a good time, right? All right, yeah. here's the thing. <laughs> We're going to get Bruce Willis, and he's not going to be charming at all. That he's supposed to be like an him. asshole in the beginning of the movie. And then he just kind of stays an asshole. The plot's going to be really contrived. There's going to be a British woman. Um, and the kid is going to be the most annoying person you've ever seen on a film screen. Are okay, you still I, interested? One follow-up question. Yes. Why would you do any of that? What, miscast the entire movie and feature the most annoying person on the planet? Yeah, why, why would you and do that to such plot? a cool idea? Money, baby. I don't understand. Bruce Willis sells <laughs> tickets. No, I don't get it either. Um, so if you haven't figured it out, uh, a little kid comes to visit Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis figures out it's him as a kid that's come to visit him. Ooh, he has suppressed traumas. This kid hasn't experienced them yet. What are we going to do? Why are you here? I don't know why I'm here. Why are you such a jerk? Calling each other out. Blah, blah, blah. British woman. Plot with a baseball guy. Um, from the director... John Turtletob, known for directing such films as Three Ninjas, Cool Runnings, and National Treasure. We have 2000's Disney's The Kid. Vanessa, do you have a history with this movie? I honestly, I don't even remember when I first saw this movie. It must have just been like the one time because I for sure did not sit down for a second viewing until this moment. Uh, this truly was its second chance and it didn't stick to it. Um, but I, I think I, I probably, I can't remember if I saw it in theaters or if I saw it on VHS, like soon afterwards. Um, it had to have been really, really soon afterwards because we left the country fairly soon after this movie. Thanks a lot, the kid. Um, but anyway, we, I, I remember watching it and I had totally forgotten about the ambulance. And as soon as he fucking said it, I just, it brought back all of the rage that I felt as a child watching this movie as well. Because I always thought that that was such an asshole thing to say and do. And it wasn't funny and it isn't now. And it wasn't then as well. Um, you're asking about my history with this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we go around in a circle and say our histories. Yes. Um, we, we get sidetracked all the time. Don't worry. I know. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I would say like my history was I was 10 when I watched it. Um, I hated it then. I'm 31. And I still fucking hate it. What's your history, Greg? Uh, not too much of a history with the movie. This is actually my first time watching it, but I, I heard a lot about it because it was the last trailer on one of our Disney VHSs. And, you know, you're a kid, you just fast forward through the, the, uh, opening trailers, mm -hmm. but it was the last one. So I knew when I saw the trailer for the kid going, it was about time for the movie to start and I would hit play and I, I've watched the last 10, 15 seconds of the trailer for this movie a lot. So I knew there was a red plane. I knew Bruce Willis was in it. And that's all I knew about it. Um, my history is I saw this movie multiple times in theaters, at least twice. Uh, I know I have memories of seeing it with my mom and my grandma. Um I, I think we had it on VHS. I honestly think I watched this a lot during childhood. 
And I remember Disney promoting the hell out of it. Like, I remember it being, like, everywhere for a while. Like, Same. it was the next fucking Snow White. You know, like, I, I, I don't understand. I didn't understand that then. Um, honestly, guys, I don't hate it as much as y'all do. Um, I wouldn't say that I loved it as a kid. Um, I didn't hate it. I did think it was a little bit dull, but I liked it enough to watch it a couple times. Um, as an adult, this is, this is the first time I've watched it probably since fourth grade, um, mm -hmm. when we watched it for this podcast and, you know, I thought lots of it really sucked. Um, I thought it had, uh, I thought it had some genuine redeeming qualities. Um, I thought it was a failed attempt at a generation spanning family movie, um, Guys, I've seen way worse kids' movies. I'm going to be honest. Like, this is, like, there's a lot to criticize, but uh, I, I I will say I don't understand the, like, vitriol that yeah. y'all are feeling towards this movie. I don't want to invalidate it, but it doesn't provoke that reaction in me, is I all think, I'm saying. I think, honestly, like, if I were to sit down and think about it, it might be because of what it could have been. Yeah. Like once once Greg said what he, what you did with the intro, like I think that's why I dislike it so much because it's so shitty for what it could have been. Mm -hmm. And that's... maybe that's some revisionist history. I don't really know. Like no, something bad happened to you while you were watching this movie as a child. <laughs> oh no! And that's what we're here to get to the bottom of. Because like this is not therapy, and I didn't young sign up for young. This. <laughs> <laughs> Young Vanessa is going to come visit you in a few years. Oh, my gosh. And I will say, um, you know, and we'll, we'll obviously, we'll break the movie down in long form here in a minute. Yeah. Um, big fan of that third act. I'm going to be honest. I'd be lying if I told you I didn't feel something. Um, it was uh, not worth it road to get there. Um, yeah. But, like, <laughs> one of my big takes was, uh, honestly, man, is someone who has done a lot of inner child work as a client in therapy and as someone who has facilitated a lot of inner child work as an adult or well as an adult yeah as a as a therapist um this movie has a really good understanding of what that process looks like and it's not really something i've seen in many movies if any um and so obviously there's a bias there um and again this does not a good movie make you know, like, yeah. that's, it's yeah. not enough to, like, save it and make me be like, this movie rules. But I'm like, hey, there have been worse movies with less substance, is all I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's all I'm saying. I don't, like, fucking hate this movie. And <laughs> I thought there were some, some pretty cool things about it here and there sprinkled in uh, what was largely some pretty boring dog shit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm glad it has some semblance of realism, but honestly, I think the reason this was marketed so heavily like you were saying and mm -hmm. the reason it probably worked i didn't check the figures for this movie or anything it made a little bit of money it okay made like uh made like five mil or something like that it wasn't crazy but it did turn a uh, a small profit i've got to think it wasn't what they were expecting for yeah. as much as i remember it being marketed to us yeah. oh. I, I i will agree like i they probably made some but i think that they were hoping to make more well like, which uh, I'll pull the budget here because it was pretty narrow and usually budgets actually don't include the marketing budget and that's mm -hmm. how they kind of fudge the numbers a little bit so uh, when you think about that uh, it probably yeah so it's uh, 
Its budget was $65 million. Its uh, national gross was $69 million. Um, nice. Worldwide gross was $110 million. So at the end of the day, Disney uh, it came pretty close to doubling the investment on this, but I got to think that... Uh, I gotta think they were disappointed with sixty, like with a four million dollar profit nationally. If we're not counting the advertising budget, mm -hmm. I gotta think that was probably disappointing for them. Yeah, uh, what I was getting to is just like I think it was marketed so heavily because if you want to watch Bruce Willis accurately interact with a child in a better movie, just watch The Sixth Sense. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It came out like right there. Just, just oh, go watch that shit. instead. Is that? Is that what they were trying to capture? I, I never even connected those dots. I think it was. Um, I'm going to have to double check which one came out first. Uh, Sixth Sense is a 99, 90, if I'm six, not mistaken. Sixth Sense was 90s. 99. Yeah, okay. Oh. So that was the next Bruce Willis plus a kid. But this time it's family friendly, I guess. Were they doing the thing where they tried to boil it down to formulaic elements and completely misunderstood what made people like something? Hey, there you go. That D totally Disney? checks out. <laughs> yeah, Disney, no. Have you seen The Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> that was yeah, wow. Well, I was thinking that there was it some ruled. more time in between the two of them for some reason. I was thinking like The Sixth Sense was like 97 or yeah. know, 96 or something like that. But no, I. You're, yeah, getting, you're getting confused by Bruce Willis's hair because it was even shorter <laughs> in Pulp Fiction. Yes. Yeah. Things get so, twisted. This is a talking point I wanted to bring up because I have specific memories of watching this with my grandma and her being like and I, I i'm like 10 i don't know who bruce willis is you know like that means nothing to me mm -hmm. and she is like aghast she's like beside herself being like bruce willis is bald he's wearing a hairpiece <laughs> denny that is a hairpiece <laughs> He is bald. He's always been bald. They put a hairpiece on Bruce Willis. Grandma, uh, I'm trying to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I was like, okay, this I, like, theater. whether they did or not, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, um, um, so I, I wanted to field the question around: hairpiece or receding hairline grown out that he usually shaves? Ooh, I there's. Oof. Is he? he I wasn't had... looking that close. Yeah, me either. But I, I feel like in The Sixth Sense, his hair was longer than it was in um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. For yeah, sure. It but definitely he, and was. he's not like, uh, he's not down to the scout bald in Pulp Fiction. You can see the outline, you know, yeah. like a, of a buzz cut that seems to fit. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, uh, if they doctored it up a little bit, maybe sprayed a little uh, a little hair color on his scalp, you know, maybe. to make it look good on film. That sounds uh, right. Left it. My grandpa yeah. used to do a comb over, so maybe they just did a fluffer up. That's yeah. a different thing. We'll get to comb over comb overs in uh, in uh, Terminator Two. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Hollywood makeup on natural hair. That's Probably. that's that's my guess. Yeah. That works. A um, lot of dry shampoo. But that is <laughs> one of my big memories of my like grandma being like. Oh, this is bullshit. Bruce Willis is bald. Like, <laughs> just like, couldn't get past it. I was like, I okay, love that. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big red plate on the on the screen, Grandma. Yeah. Only every once in a while, dude. Um, let's I guess dive into the meat of the movie. This is peak meat? 90s. If there is any meat, I was gonna say. I think we already covered it. We're gonna have to dive into the. Uh, vegetables of the movie now <laughs> the, the vegetables um this 
this vegetable is the broccoli that you didn't want that scattered all over the entire dish. It's the score. Oh my god. It's everywhere. It's loud. And it's, it's so loud. I don't know if this will make sense to anyone, but it sounds like a blend of the rescuers down under and the Flintstones with John Goodman. It's the, it's those two together. And I don't know how to explain how I got there, but I got there. Yeah. Fair enough. Um man, what a what a relic of the 90s. Like this is probably one of the last movies to have an opening montage of like a happy over or a happy movie overture with like a business dad being busy. You know, oh like that's God, it, yeah. it, it it was like everywhere for the 90s and yeah. I I can't think of a movie after this that starts with it. I'm not saying there's not one. I'm saying I can't think of one. Here's this may the... be its last major appearance. Here's the twist. He's not a dad, so who cares? But he's... You're right. He's Fair. not a dad. Fair. He's like, he could be a dick if he wants to. Like, who cares? Like, I, I just, I think there's like got to be a disconnect between like the target audience and like wanting this adult man who's not a dad to like have a you know change of heart in any way like no he's just a jerk alone he's just his own guy being a jerk no kids that it affects or nothing he's not being mean to a specific kid other than himself i guess but he's just like how are kids relating to the arc of an adult man in a job that no kid watching this will understand at all <laughs> Yeah, I that brings me to my first point of who is this movie for? Oh, yeah. it is oh, way those. it's yeah. way too adult to be for children, but too many kids and too dumb to be for adults. I I don't know. It's it's the question of the movie. I think that's the crux on which it fails. Yeah, honestly, like I think that's the really can't make up its mind what it is and what it's trying to do and that's why despite having like a solid skeleton it just doesn't really work yeah good bones this place has got good bones um really just like half of its bones are good half of its bones are incredibly shaky it drinks some milk but skeleton yeah (laughs) here's one of my notes why does Vanessa hate that cool red plane? You know why I hate that cool red plane? It's I'm... because it's a fucking crop duster. And it's just going all around. That man would not have bought a vintage crop duster. Like, that's not what his plane is when the kid is flying the plane. His plane is not a crop duster. It's like an old school fighter jet kind of thing. Like a biplane from like World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, what is Hold flying on. in the beginning mm-hmm. is a fucking crop duster all through la hollywood who cares i don't know yeah i want to challenge something definitely not valid airspace (laughs) (laughs) that man seems to have destroyed a temporal field and opened up an existential dimension of personal growth and it's an airport Do do you really feel confident saying you know for sure he wouldn't buy a crop duster 
I'm just saying there's no <laughs> symmetry between the plane that the child was flying around. If he wanted to have that plane, if that was a special goddamn plane, it wouldn't have been a crop duster. I think I think with fucking Chester. It the, would have been a World War One plane or whatever that model plane was, which was not a crop duster. Here's the You're thing. Two red planes are not the same thing. <laughs> Damn, you beat me to it. I was about to say, counterpoint, they were both red. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, counterpoint, I didn't notice. <laughs> so, I, you're I you're did. educating me right now. <laughs> I did. I was like, that model is not at all. Whatever. Who cares? Thank and you. Then, I care. I'm sorry. Vanessa cares. Yes. Vanessa's popping the mic. My bad. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Let me. Let her. My, I, I, love, uh, I love me some riled up Vanessa. It just makes Ugh. me so happy. Dude. And she's going to purge a lot of bottled up anger right now. And it's going to help her. And I'm just so happy. Well, <laughs> one of my notes is, I think it was less than halfway through the movie when I realized that it was going to be his future self that was flying the plane. Oh, yeah. I, I got that. I'm not someone that gets anything ahead of time. And I got that one. And I was like, yeah, I got it. Oh, that's stupid. Chalk well, it and it's up. also like, he... Spoilers for I the just, kid, guys. Yeah, spoilers. Um, <laughs> but no, I think, like, sorry, I, I may be going off on a different tangent right now. Please. But the thing that I can't get out of my mind is the fact that Bruce Willis's character, I don't even know his name, who cares? Um, but he, like, doesn't even really blink about the fact that, like, this kid is in his life, he knows it's him, and he's just like, how do I get rid of it? I hate myself so much that i also hate my old self which i'm like granted i get it you were a piece of shit as a kid so like i would hate you too used to be and still is people can change people can't change people can change (laughs) that's one of the things i i had in here is you know this british woman that works for him uh she's in a bunch of other movies i can't remember her name very sorry emily blunt's uh stepsister yeah um i don't know (laughs) emily mortimer I'm making stuff up. Is that Is really Amy? The British Amy? Yeah, Amy. Yeah, yeah Emily yeah. Mortimer. I wrote it down because she reminds me of Mo from Global Guts. So the arch <laughs> the arch emesis of Sherlock Holmes is... Um, oh, wait. What, Moriarty. Sorry. I got those two <laughs> confused. Um, he's talking to her after he's, you know, like, I got to get rid of this kid. And then she finally realizes, oh, that's not your nephew. That's not your son. That's you as a child. And then the next few scenes, Bruce Willis is, like, kind of warming up to the kid. And then he switches gears and, like, from a distance with Amy is just like, look at that fat loser piece of shit. Don't you hate me more because you know that that's what I was like as an eight-year-old? Yeah. There's also so much body shaming in this movie. Like, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty rough, Ski. As a fat kid, uh... (laughs) I don't know if I internalized it or not. Let me go back to therapy real quick. <laughs> you you go there. Let us know how it goes. And me and Vanessa will tear this movie apart. Um, yeah. He's just like an asshole to himself. And even Amy's just like, no, what What are you talking about? It's It feels like another point, And there are many points of forced conflict in this uh, in this movie. It's super weird. Yeah, there, there wasn't enough. To make of what was it ninety minutes, if even that, it felt. I much think it was longer. an hour forty. It was like, and yeah, it was like an hour forty, hour forty five. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. It was too long. Way too long, and like the movie did not necessitate that. Like it, it could have been, 
it definitely could have been to tell the story that they wanted to tell yeah i get it they wanted that pacing things like that but like they did not have enough filler for the things that they wanted to do and so they were just like get out on the screen and be mean to each other and drive around because reasons yeah like they didn't go anywhere they didn't do anything the entire time like i just felt like they didn't do anything nothing happened they learned a box it's so weird oh my god we'll get to that later it's so weird that there's like three two or three like main plot points going Mm -hmm. on and none of them really feel resolved in like an earned way because the entire resolution leading up to the conclusions of all these was just filler stuff stuff kind of happens and then the problem is solved and none of it really lines up or makes sense. He learned a box. He needed that. One, two. Oh! So I just punch him in the face two times, and that's how you fight. And that was okay. right. And that fight scene at the end really fucking sucked. Like, what a mm-hmm. shitty fucking fight scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, a big pop from me was, uh, which I this was completely illogical. He's learning from a uh, apparently world-class boxer how to box. Mm-hmm. And he learns that he needs to street fight. And he's like, oh, Bruce Willis, show him that WWF scissors hold. Um, Which I was (laughs) like, okay, not really sure why that would be more useful in a street fight than punching someone. However, I Get on the top rope. Show him how we do it in the streets. There's there's ropes in the street? (laughs) I have had a professional training in executing that WWF scissors hold. And let me just say, Bruce Willis did it flawlessly. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Did it make sense in the plot? Absolutely not. I don't know why that was the next thing to do. Oh, wait. You don't punch in a street. You do this completely contrived fake wrestling move that well, doesn't work. It's 2000. You... Yeah. What do you, True. What, what do you do? They I don't know. They didn't know wrestling was fake yet. Yeah. Um, but, um... Or rather, it was 1968. So True. All yeah. that goes to say, uh, he nailed it. That was usually the the two things that I'm probably most interested in, uh, other than movies, are therapy and pro wrestling. And whenever those two things show up in movies, it's usually an egregious misunderstanding of them, such as therapy in this movie, Mm -hmm. um, which (laughs) Vanessa has some things to say about. But wrestling was done properly. It was done properly. That's great, and I wanted to make a quick note of, and then I'll introduce a topic for Vanessa to answer. But I totally, yeah. If the, why didn't he teach him pro wrestling moves to take back to '68? He would have been so much better off than a couple of punches. Yeah. You know, like if he came in there with learning how to, I don't know, SummerSlam or whatever. <laughs> A whole show? A whole I, show. I know that's wrong, and I'm doing this on purpose. So, yeah, if you learn how to, like, Superman punch those other kids, they're going to be like, whoa, and just, yeah. like, learning all these cool moves. Imagine if you taught him to do a rock bottom and follow it up with a people's elbow, complete with the taunts and running back and forth. Yeah. That's for you, audience. <laughs> the, oh, that would have been cool, just, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smelling he, what he's cooking. What's he doing? I'm not cooking anything. He's hungry. Uh, Vanessa, you, you mentioned the problematic um, takes on therapy in this movie. I, I just realized he went to therapy one time, asked for drugs, got drugs, and then never went back to therapy, did Bruce Willis. 
Yeah. And they said he has to come back. Like, yeah. they introduced this, like, deadline. I'm gonna give yes. you this much medication, but you have to come back, sir. Yep. And she gave him four pills, which are assumedly antipsychotics. Yeah. Which he, first of all, adjusted to Not pretty planned. well. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Vanessa, t- take he it away. drove pretty quick after taking it. I don't know what those take do. Take it away. They uh, yeah. fucking depicote your ass out is what they do. No, a- absolutely. <laughs> like, you go to, like, Sleepy Town. Um, You'll have a very flat affect, but you won't hear voices or see things anymore. Yeah, that's true. It's a pretty fair see... trait. You'll be pretty functional, but mm-hmm. you won't have a ton of uh, skipping your step. You so the whole movie was a drug trip. Vanessa, go ahead. No, well, it's like, I mean, first, like... Yeah, that's incredibly problematic. One, no no therapist would, like, because she's a psychotherapist, so that doesn't necessarily mean that she can, like... He called her doctor, didn't he? He did, but she said that she was a psychotherapist, and he said, well, I'd rather call you doctor. Well, there's no such thing as psychotherapist, and... When I, my, yeah. Uh-oh. When yeah. my client, that's a made-up word, and when my clients call me doctor... I have to ethically tell them I'm not a you doctor. cannot call me doctor <laughs> yeah. because that means I'm misrepresenting my qualifications to you. Yeah. Even if you're doing it playfully. Right? Yeah. You cannot call me a doctor because nope. I'm not a doctor. 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 <laughs> Nobody <laughs> called any a doctor. Um, yeah, but I mean, so even if she was a doctor, one, you cannot prescribe medication based off of that little amount of symptoms. Prescribe. Like, yeah, you cannot just hand out strangers, by trick the way. Trick-or-treat, yeah. Uh, yeah, trick-or-treat, bitch. Give me medication for my psychosis. It works. Um, honestly, working in a place with some people who have active psychosis, I could see them trying to ding-dong-ditch our medical providers and be like, give me meds, bye! We call um, that doctor hopping. Drug-seeking yeah. behaviors. Drug-seeking behaviors. Um, and doctors aren't allowed to do that. I mean, I know it was like... The end of the 90s, the early 2000s, so it was kind of more of the Wild West of medication and mental health and things like that. In the very beginning of the opioid crisis. It was the very beginning of the... Maybe maybe she was supposed ah. to give him all that medication, and she was really reining it in there to only give him four pills, whereas most of the time she probably didn't even make her quota for that month then if she was supposed to help him <laughs> on drugs. Why'd you give me Oxycontin for psychosis? <laughs> First hit's free. No, yeah. that's just in four days. That's yeah. just two of them. The fentanyl's <laughs> on me next time, guys. Yeah. Mix in one of those other bad boys and tell me how you really feel. Percocet. <laughs> um, we joke, but it's deadly, guys. The opiate crisis is real and very sad. We've watched people die from it. <sighs> A lot. Anyway, God, the kid. Anyways, the down. kid. Yeah. So that plane, um, huh? Um, no, yeah, I just, I mean, honestly, I could be this dead horse about the psychotherapy thing for a while, but, like, I don't even want to give it that much of my energy. Like, I, I really don't. It's just such a I mean, a they, the bad... filmmakers certainly didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't give it <laughs> Why any should energy you? at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, what I would like to give more energy to is how Bruce Willis put his child self outside by an open pool, mind you, to sing Jingle John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt in the middle of the fucking night. Solid rendition of one of my favorite songs. Like as if his neighbors weren't going to be like, why is there a child outside of your house screaming John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? Wait, his name is my name too. Oh my god, what happens uh, when you guys go out? People, people always, always shout. shout. 
Put that kid inside. He's making too much noise. Da, 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 da. Speaking of always yeah. shouting, what's this kid's deal? Um, yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, but like that. He then the the last day that he's there. Presumably, he's been there for at least a couple nights. He yeah. finally makes him a bed <laughs> on his couch. I got but some like, rocks in the backyard. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, he's just like go to sleep. Stop screaming while I'm going to try to go to sleep. It was probably, you know what? He's probably popping pills. That's what was still part of his pill endemic. Yeah. I mean, he does think this kid's a hallucination at that point, right? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But then um, Lily but... Tomlin sees him and he knows he's yeah. real. Sure. Vanessa? Yes. Would you be willing to show this movie for therapy to demonstrate a concept? No. To, to demonstrate inner child work. I would show the very end of this movie to demonstrate inner child work. But then they yeah. won't understand. No, nah, they would. If they watch the whole thing, they won't understand. Exactly. Okay, that's probably fair. Okay. Um, no, but I, I actually, to your point, as much as I really disliked this movie on the second time around, just as much as the first, I, I, I do think that you're right. Like, it is actually a really beautiful, like, example of inner child work. Um but I don't think that they meant it to be. I think that they stumbled upon that on accident. Because we know that they didn't consult any therapists. Like, we know that they did not. <laughs> I think that this was an accidental good job on inner child work. I yeah. don't know, man. It, it To me, it played like someone knew something. Maybe. Like, I, again, like, therapy was still pretty much in the Wild West at this time, too. Sure. I, um, bet that, uh, I bet that therapist was a real psychotherapist, or so they thought, and she was the consultant for that sort of thing, and she was really just somebody's drug dealer on set. But you have <laughs> to put me in the movie, or I won't tell you how it works. Okay, fine, give her a scene. Oh, then... she got too high to come back for the second scene. <laughs> Those so pills we're were gonna, real. <laughs> just gonna dump it. Um, <laughs> all right. I've been playing uh, unofficial devil's advocate for this movie, so I will uh, I will give a critique. Um, man, how fucking long did they take to get to that reveal that it's him uh, when so we know it was, from it was the about, goddamn trailer? It was about 30 minutes. Like, we were way ahead. Like, the second we saw the red jacket in the driveway, mm. like yeah. we, it's literally the premise of the movie that mm -hmm. they marketed that's that's one of my big movie pet peeves that I've talked about a long time. When they like yeah. have this like suspense about something we definitely know from the title, trailer, or poster. <laughs> you I know, wonder... like when they like at the characters aren't as caught up as the audience is. It yeah. drives yeah. me fucking nuts. And they took forever. They really did. To, like I wonder if this Peter Parker guy is gonna do anything about these school bullies. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, let's let's get right. on with it. Yeah. <laughs> Bite him, spider. <laughs> I bet he doesn't like spiders. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's exactly right. And I I think I checked. I think it was somewhere around the 30-minute mark where it's just like the realization is made. After like this weird cat and mouse game of like coming and going and like breaking in the house, it kind of makes you wonder like, because it's him as a kid, the way it's kind of treated, he seems like he would be a hallucination or a vision. He's just, like, in the house, and he's laughing, and he doesn't understand why he's there. And then he's gone for, like, half the day, and then he's back in the house the next night or something. Yeah, where did he go? Where did he go? Like, he's... Why did he come back to that house? Why is he at that house? It's so confusing. It's... Oh, my God. Guys, what keeps is coming out in this... Is he corporeal or not? No one knows. <laughs> what, what keeps coming out in this podcast 
is that y'all asked a lot more questions about this movie than I did, and I think it's simply because oh man it didn't it didn't upset me as much so therefore i didn't care as much mm-hmm. it's... you know like for whatever reason this struck a nerve with y'all that really upset <laughs> you and i was like i don't know it's a mediocre ass to bad kids movie i, I don't have a ton of thoughts about it yeah. i mean now i do because i uh i really paid attention this time but yeah, i just we should have watched the great panda adventure all right that would have been way better ah Come i would give panda? i would give that a first chance that sounds adorable yeah i think for me it's like the the terrible miscasting of every single person in the movie was like and especially with how annoying the kid was was the ball the snowball at the top of the hill that kept tumbling down and i kept finding more things wrong with the movie yeah. right like i hate this thing you know what else i hate this plane you know what else i hate is this weird thing wait what's going on here and it's just like kept i kept finding more stuff the more i disliked it <laughs> Also, like, Lily Tomlin's character is supposed to be this, like, she's kind of teaching him something about himself. But no, she's answering her phone at three in the morning for her boss, who's neurotic. Like, and then he chastises her. He's like, well, I need some sleep. And it's like, bitch, you got her out of bed. She's not the one. She's the one who's apologizing to her husband for being on the phone at three in the morning. And then the only thing that you gift her with is tickets to Hawaii. Cool. And she's great at her job. Yeah, she's really good at it. Yeah, 3 a.m. phone calls aside, like, you see them interacting in the appropriate setting, the office. Yeah. And she seems like she's really good at her job and it's just completely undervalued. It's really sad. But she's quirky. It's like, she seems like she would have good boundaries with her boss the way that she talks to him and interacts with him in the office. Mm -hmm. And, like, caretakes for him, but, like, not too much. And yet then we see her answering her phone in the middle of the night to him and this seems like it happens a lot yeah that like all right all right that's all fair yeah also why was that kid watching Mm -hmm. ed ed and eddie he didn't know what it was rules that stuck with me yeah as a kid i was like ed ed and eddie that's so cool that he's watching it apparently y'all hated it no i I didn't mind it i was just like he have been watching that if you were a kid flipping through tv channels and you saw ed ed and eddie are you telling me you wouldn't linger no, I would. You're I right. think he just saw a cartoon. I, yeah. I I think it's more of a discovery thing, but at the same time, he's like he seems bored. He's just yeah, like it was in, actually in a Cartoon Network thing in but... the recliner, just like that was good. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and the kid, he just seems bored. He's just kind of like screwing around. For all he knows, he's just in some rich guy's house, just playing yeah. around. Yeah. I mean, would you question it when life when life hands you a mansion? Mister, please call the police. I don't know where I am. I can't find my (laughs) house. These cars are very much new. Is this the future? Like Because that's what doesn't make sense. This kid seemed like he was really smart and had lots of social skills. (laughs) Had a really strong self preservation instinct. He was a piece of shit loser, and that makes you hate Bruce Willis more because he's such a dork. Yeah. Let me just say this. Spencer Breslin, if you ever listen to this, I'm sorry that Vanessa and Greg were so Congratulations on all of your money. <laughs> you know that he's been... He hasn't had work in years, right? Oh. Like, that kid's not been working. He's Jesus living off of his sister. Yeah. Jesus. He's a human being. I'm not Denny's in the middle should... of apologizing to him. I hope you bought a big red crop duster that says fuck Greg and Vanessa on it. That's what I hope, Spencer. If you ever listen to this, 
I, I liked I would, your movie okay when I was a kid. That would be my new profile picture if he were to do that. Um. <laughs> yeah, that would be one of the coolest things to have. Yeah, that's right. If he acknowledged y'all, it would be the greatest moment of your fucking life. You're that's not true. Wrong. It would be your seeing Jack Black at a restaurant story. That's right. <laughs> Except a hundred times better. Um, yeah, Spencer Breslin skywrote hate mail at me and Vanessa. <laughs> so I've got two questions for y'all. Yes. First of all, before you saw the kid, did you know why the moon turns orange sometimes? I thought it was just like the atmosphere. Like if it's too low, it just catches different stuff in the atmosphere. I mean, essentially. That was my understanding. Vanessa, did you know? I did. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't. <laughs> well, guess what? The movie forgot to tell you. I 100% guarantee that they forgot to put in the script Bruce Willis answering that question. And then they put it in text at the end of the film. I guarantee yeah. you that was a mistake. And they're like, oh, <laughs> All right, just put text on there. We'll say, like, by the way, this is why the moon does that. All right, well, then why didn't Why didn't they describe the second therapy session in the credits? <laughs> Listen, we missed a few other marks. We can't get them all. Okay, I, I have a follow-up question for you guys. Okay. This one's experiential. Child Bruce Willis showed up and immediately starts searching to see if he found out that if he had a girlfriend... And a dog named Chester, the best dog in the world. Your eight-year-old self shows up in your house right now. What do they immediately start looking for to see if they got it in the future? Are they happy or are they disappointed? Um, Vanessa, I'll let you go first after I correct Denny by saying he didn't ask if he had a dog named Chester. He stomped He's around the house screaming, shouting. Chester, come here, boy. Chester, 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 come here, Chester, Chester. For far too long. I do that, that every time I enter so a house long. just to see if they have a dog named Chester. <laughs> it's pretty been... normal. Uh, what I, what I'm if I'm think... right? I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Chester loves me when I find that right house. Or attacks because maybe he doesn't like strangers. Um, <clears throat> now, I'm, I'm trying to think. I am... Um, Thinking back on eight-year-old Vanessa, what did she like? She liked soccer. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think, like, what what would I have, I think at that time in life, because what's that, like, eighth grade, or eight years old is? Third or fourth grade. Yeah. Yeah. End of third, beginning of fourth. Okay. Yeah, I think I, like, wrote a, like, we did a book in our class of, like, who we wanted to be. I wanted to be a soccer player. Um, I think I would be upset that I didn't play any sports um, currently Mm -hmm. as an adult. Um, And I'd be really excited that I had a dog because I always wanted a dog as a kid. Um, And we could never have one because we lived, like, we moved too many times. And... I don't know. I think I probably would have thought that I would have a house and kids. My yeah. Dad. Yeah. Thanks, Denny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Vanessa's yeah, past yeah. stuff is going to hate you. Yeah. Denny, yeah. not Vanessa. 
You married a eight, Muppet? Yeah, eight, <laughs> eight-year-old eight Vanessa is going to hate modern Denny. Modern day Denny, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to make her love me. I'm gonna um, I do think she would love Gross. all these toys in mm-hmm. here because oh, yeah. eight-year-old Vanessa always wanted to play with her brother's toys and never got to because they were his. Well, so. she's going to be real disappointed when she finds out she can't fucking play with these. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad news for her. For display only. There would be some toys in this room that little Vanessa could play with. Maybe that Frankenstein. Sure, okay. Um, maybe. Um, yeah. I, Go, Greg. Um, I feel like I'll rephrase the question just a little bit and just say if the plot of this movie was happening to me, I would just sit the kid version of myself down and be like, look, it's remember Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? Here's the updated version for PS5 on the ju- the biggest TV you've ever seen. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. And then they've been like, what what are we here for? Who cares? I want to play this. Yeah. <laughs> we just hang out and have the best time ever. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I gotta think uh, eight year old Denny would be pretty fucking pleased with a room full of wrestling toys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think he'd be disappointed with no hot tub. I think that would bum him out. Ooh um, yeah. I think he'd be very confused at learning that he becomes a therapist. Um, he might even ask what that is yeah um and he'd be even more confused when i'd say hey you tried out pro wrestling and it turns out you didn't like it nearly as much as you thought you would he'd be Ooh. like oh bullshit yeah. <laughs> and, but, but according to Spencer, it would be really actually useful for you to teach him a scissor kick sure sure mm-hmm. yeah i would teach Whereas him all the moves it was not useful yeah to little spencer breslin yep and I gotta say, Spencer Breslin would be pleased with us all, because we all have dogs and partners. We do. That's true. Nailing it. By we are his better standards. than Bruce Willis, for sure. Yep. Greg's looking at his dog and his partner. Just took a good look at him to make sure he's still got him. <laughs> making sure they're not snoring real quick. Um, <laughs> Alright, I think we're kind of wrapping up on notes, right? Yeah. Uh, not quite. Melissa McCarthy showed up. What the oh, fuck? Yeah, I forgot. That okay. was random as shit. Uh huh. Yeah, I pointed that. A out. welcome I said, edition. Oh my gosh, there she is. Yeah. I thought um, she was very nice in that movie. I did too. Um. Oh yeah, I've got one more. On the note of the Flintstone soundtrack, this is something I've been very passionate about for a while now. Normalize screaming yabba dabba do when you're excited. Oh yeah. <laughs> Society needs this. It is a good, like, just try it out. If you've never done it, just next time you're really excited, I want you to do, like, the Fred Flintstone, like, squat down and then just puff up and shoot your chest out and give it a good yabba dabba do. Like, it feels amazing. And I, I think I think that's something they really got right. Um, Probably oh. so. And the eye twitch had a really, really nice emotional payoff. We saw it where did. he got it, and yeah. honestly, a pretty gut wrenching scene in the movie. Yeah, that was some sixth sense ass shit. Yeah, but I also yeah. feel like they didn't earn it. Like I don't know. That's that's the thing. Fine, let's go to gimmicks. Um, y'all good yeah. with that? Yeah, I don't got anything else. Nah, anything yeah. else? Um, I just had one. No, I'll I'll bring that up for one of the gimmicks. Uh, making sure I think I had one more thing. Um, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate my point that this movie was entirely miscast. I think Bruce Willis was bad at 
acting like an adult that found like his inner child and is like doing childish things it just seems like he's too stern to be delivering that like holy smokes with like any sort of authenticity it seems yeah. really weird coming from him yeah that was yeah like when he embraces his older self like i actually really like as an adult i wanted to like that for him like i i I did and and i think like i I truly was trying to give it a second chance at in that moment like i wanted to i wanted to have that emotional payoff and yet i just never felt it with any of it yeah like yeah most definitely all right guys what's everyone's favorite line wouldn't you like to know? Uh, Vanessa, do you have one? Uh, no, I wasn't thinking about lines. I was thinking about, like, the the point where I stopped. I, I was thinking about the gimmick. All right. Fair. We'll get coming soon. New gimmick. Gimmick of the week. Um, I had a favorite line. I had a least favorite line, which uh, I just said it. Holy smokes. I got, I got sick of that one. Um... There was a funny thing just to me where during a conversation uh, with Bruce Willis and I think Amy, she says, this is scary. And Bruce Willis says, no, this is hilarious, which is how I think a lot of the pitch went for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I promise you this is funny. Um, But my favorite line is from the very beginning where Bruce Willis, as an image consultant, is on the phone uh, with a judge, I guess, and he says, Your Honor, was this mannequin inflatable? <laughs> no context needed. Yeah. Oh, Greg, that was my runner-up. Really? Um, nice. Yeah, that nice. was really funny. Um, I don't remember the context for my favorite. Um, I just remember really liking it. Maybe you guys can help me. Yeah, we'll help you. The line is, Amy, he is not Swedish. And I remember someone, like, Amy just listed a bunch of ridiculous traits. Um, and one of them was, like, Swedish something. And he didn't answer any of them, but was like, Amy, he's not Swedish, okay? I don't um, remember. I don't remember that either. I, You know what? Fuck it. Who cares? Um, let's <laughs> let's chalk it up to the second therapy scene that never happened. Um, it must have been from that scene. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's my favorite line where she tells him, "You can only have four, but you have to come back tomorrow. Promise." And he promises. <sighs> uh huh. <sighs> yeah. Um. All, all right. right. Our our gimmick of the week is Woo! the Vincent Vega Award for people who learn nothing from second chances. The spirit of this gimmick is. What is something that even though you were trying to give the movie a second chance, something about it that was truly irredeemable to you? Something that you could not get past even while intentionally granting them the benefit of the doubt and trying to put aside your preconceived notions of the movie? Yeah. Um, For me, it was almost the first Wambulance, but since Mm. this is second chances, it's the second Wambulance of the movie. (laughs) That really did it for me. That I could not get it. I cringed at the first one, mm-hmm. gave it a little bit more time, and that second one really put the nail in the coffin. Ugh. I think Vanessa just described my exact feelings. It's like, <laughs> I cringed at the first one, and then the second one was like, oh, he's just going to be this guy. All right. <laughs> Guys, let's make it a hat trick. <laughs> that's that's not my that's not my pick, but... Oh, okay, it's my but, pick. You, you give yours. I'm sorry, I thought I you were giving yours. That. You guys... 
that's both of you guys' answer because that's yeah, a really good one. Worst ambulance ever. Yeah, worst. Uh, like, I wanted to puke when he was doing it. Like, Ugh. it made me nauseous. Uh, mine is more about the story structure. Um, we get this thing. You actually alluded to it, you know, um, um, emotionally absent business dad kind of thing. It's a really simple trope in 90s movies. It's supposed to be simple. It's just a. It's the point of the movie where the adult realizes that they fucked up when they're called out on this. They missed the ball game. They broke a simple promise. They forgot the wedding anniversary, or they didn't get the Turbo Man toy on time. Um, and their their arc is rectifying that moment, or like fulfilling the promise, making it up to the kid the family whatever Mm -hmm. in this movie the self-realization that oh maybe i'm kind of an asshole is bruce willis dumpster diving behind amy's back his employee slash later girlfriend i guess going behind her back and dumpster diving in a bar to retrieve a videotape that they both made of (laughs) follow along <laughs> a videotape that they both made that he intentionally threw out at that bar on purpose uh-huh. to get cred to to help improve the image of a baseball team owner trying to improve his image because he was stealing money from like a youth league or something yeah. or like didn't un- didn't give funding yeah yeah to like underprivileged children and, and so, they, yeah, they had kids of different uh, demographics come and pie him in the face. And they videotaped it because it was going to improve his image, and then they did all that. That whole string of nonsense was his simple mistake to realize he's an asshole. Yeah. It was too complicated. The resolution was weird. Yeah, there were a million more organic things that they could have done that I didn't even think about. Yeah, I didn't even think of... I mean, the movie's so contrived, I didn't even really question that. But when you lay it out like that, there were like a million organic things he could have learned from. It doesn't have to be that complicated. It's (laughs) just... Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the point for me where it was just like, oh, nothing in this movie's going to make any sense. Like, as sour as the characters were, like you were saying with the Wambulance bit, we'll call it... um, (laughs) That sucked. Yeah. I, it I sucks also in had several a, ways. I, I had a runner-up bit that he continued on with his stupid, like, uh, what's the leading cause of death of insert whatever oh. the fuck you want that fits this scenario. It's self-pity. The leading cause of death of children. The leading cause of death of women who take photographs. The leading cause of death of whatever. Like, it was his literal fill-in-your-blank. It fits as if he just, like, trump-carded everyone. Even though it's the worst, it's not even a trump card. It's just a stupid saying, and it's not fucking true. I mean... Exactly. You guys didn't get that in elementary school. Like, if you catch on fire, stop, drop, and roll, and don't self-pity yourself until you die. <laughs> that, I sat in a lot the of... firefighters those, are always yeah. telling us those, I sat in a lot of firefighter things. assemblies about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fire Chief McGinley is here to tell you about fire safety, teach you about fire extinguishers, and learn to suppress all any down here. <laughs> wow, okay, thanks. A real fireman. 
if you're lucky, we'll let you play with the hose in the... Kid in second place will get free therapy in 20 years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Vanessa, if you had a Critiker, what would your Critiker score be? Uh, my gut reaction is a two, but I need to give it a little bit more. Two out of? Four. Yeah. A hundred. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I would say um, a, two, a two out of ten. I would say okay. it's like, yeah, it's a little bit above for the ending um, because I, I do think like it's a good description of inner child work, but the rest of it is just like so unfulfilling and so not worth the journey that we needed to go on to get that minimal amount of payoff that didn't actually pay anyone off. Sure. Yeah, I like it. Greg, what you got? Um, I'm giving this one an 11 out of 40. Um, higher than Vanessa. Um like I said at the beginning, this is a, the core concept made me think a lot. And I thought it was a really cool idea. It was just carried out the wrong way in so many areas. I'm really glad this director was given a second chance two years later with National Treasure. Truly redeemed himself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one's an 11 out of 40 for me. Yeah. Hold on. You missed you missed a few big things in his uh, in his uh, in his oh, biography. Yeah. Besides National Treasure Two, Book of yes. Secrets, Treasure, he Treasure. directed <laughs> The Meg. Oh, yes, God. yes. And he EP'd motherfucking Rocket Man, not the bad one about Elton John, but the cool one with the Harlan guy. Oh, yeah, where he yeah. To space. I love that movie. I do too. Pretty um, great. I, uh, this, is, this is a small stain on the mark of a career of a great man. <laughs> <laughs> I gave this one a 25 out of 50. Okay. Um, that is a failing grade. Um, as I've reiterated, I do not have the personal hatred for the kid that Vanessa and Greg do. Uh, personally, I feel very neutral to it. Um, I, it just it didn't harm me or victimize me in the way that it clearly did my two co-hosts and that's fine um i yeah i i see there, there's some baby in the bathwater is all i'm saying there's some baby in this bathwater yeah there's a hell of a lot of bathwater that okay. baby's already drowned hey i failed it <laughs> sorry jesus there's a dead baby in the bathwater vanessa taylor ladies and gentlemen quote it um, put it on a t-shirt yeah no i i failed it um and I just, again, I'm obviously, I'm always going to pull punches with the kid movie. Um, I'm going to pull less punches if you try to be a kid movie and an adult movie, and this one yeah. definitely did. But uh, but do you pull punches if they punch a kid in the movie? No, don't punch kids. It's <laughs> No, you got to block here, protect your yeah. chin, and then hit him with a one-two. Yeah, the one-two. Yeah. Criticize Thankfully, you. we had a world-class boxer to teach us <laughs> that. I don't I know. Like, like, I like that. I like that, honestly. That's a I good detail. <laughs> I don't have anything to say that I haven't already said, I guess, other than, like, guys, I've seen way worse, okay? Like, I have two. I've seen 100%. way worse in the same vein, and it's uh, it's not nearly as bad as it could have been, in my opinion. Yeah. So, 25 out of 50. But again, not nearly as good as it could have been either. Absolutely. Oh, dude. Uh, again, the the ingredients are there for a classic. 
like mm-hmm. for real i mean it like and the ingredients just poured are there. nutmeg in there yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like disney spilled the movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Perfect. this is the puddle uh, <laughs> of, of the movie fine. that yep. spilled it, out it, of the mixing bowl when it was about to go in the pan it speaks to our mentality as a group here like Vanessa and I spill something that was good and we're devastated. You're just like, man, but at least I made a good thing. It's just on the floor now. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Vanessa are very upset and we just cleaned the floor, etc. Yep. I guess I'm a the floor is half full type of guy. (laughs) (laughs) Danae, I got a question for you. What is it, Greg? Do you know what the leading cause of death is for podcasters under the age of 33? Self-pity? Seamless edits. Oh, fuck. We're both at risk. We've exposed ourselves to a lot of seamless edit radiation, and we're both under the age of 33. That's right. (laughs) Shit's probably terminal by now. Well, (sighs) let's, uh, let's seamless edit ourselves to death then. I don't care what the firemen at my school said. <laughs> That's right. Nor should you, kids. <laughs> Ignore those guys. Um, welcome back, everybody. Hey. We're here to talk about our second movie, my pick, Silver Linings Playbook, and 2012 movie starring Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, uh, directed by David O. Russell. Um, Denny, I don't really know how to summarize the plot, even though this is my pick. Uh, Could you land a brother a hand? Sure. Uh, We open on Bradley Cooper, who is institutionalized. He's in inpatient hospitalization for mental illness following a traumatic incident where he became very violent and delusional. Um, His mom is picking him up against uh, medical advice and illegally accidentally picking up his buddy Chris Tucker. Boy, do I love me some Chris Tucker. Um... Basically, this movie is about him trying to reintegrate himself into the family system after a very public meltdown that apparently the whole town knew about. Um, Coping with mental illness, getting past his proclivities, and uh, getting past his obsessive thoughts and his neuroses, dealing with mania in a world that does not understand what's going on for him. As the movie goes on, we see that, uh, as something I found to be very true when I worked in inpatient care... um, you are not dealing with the most unwell member of the family system. Uh, The person who tends to go to the hospital is usually not the most unwell. Um, There's usually some context going on that you need to know about. Uh, Long story short, he meets Jennifer Lawrence, who's someone that he can actually relate to. um, And uh, she starts calling him on his bullshit. He... She he's constantly being manipulated by everybody around him essentially through mm-hmm. the whole movie um she manipulates him into helping her with a dance contest um by dangling a carrot of contacting his ex-wife who he has an obsession with and a restraining order against contacting she doesn't actually do it he figures it out all of a sudden his gambling addict ocd dad uh is betting a bunch of money on a parlay between the birds and uh, him getting a five in a dance contest bada boom bada bang holy shit they did it um he gets over his ex-wife and falls in love with jennifer lawrence and we all learned a valuable lesson about why gambling is good 
Um, that's that's right. That's what I got out of it. <laughs> yeah, um, that's my synopsis. It's 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 a little all over the place. I definitely left out a lot of the finer details and nuances, but I think I hit the uh, hit the main talking points. Greg, what is your relationship with this movie, and why was it your pick for movies that you want to give a second chance to? Um, I remember this one getting um, Oscar attention, and Jennifer Lawrence won an Oscar for Best Actress for her role in this movie, deservedly so. Um, I think I picked it up later. I think there was like a, I was at like a Best Buy or something, and the Blu-ray was like four or five bucks. I was just like, ah, that's could be good i'll pick it up watched it didn't really get it didn't really like it there's one scene in particular that i didn't like that i'll talk about and i just uh collected dust on the shelf forever and um it's come up maybe two or three times on this podcast already uh denny and i believe vanessa also have some praise for silver linings playbook um a lot of people po- <laughs> will post on facebook as well uh, suggesting it for various topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured it was time to time to talk about it. Yeah, I was really glad you picked it because this was not a movie that needed a second chance with me. Um, I've always considered it to be very good at face value. Um, my relationship with it is, uh, as I've alluded to, uh, I repressed a lot of mental illnesses. Um, and felt a lot of shame about them, hated therapy, uh, wanted to do it all on my own. And uh, this was something that was really relatable. And honestly, my first contact with anything that made me feel like it was okay to not be okay. And that mm-hmm. it was okay to talk about it. And that it was okay to get health or to get help. Um, and that you could recover. And it really, it really struck an emotional chord with me. Again, I'd put it on the short list of pieces of media that have actually affected my life in a tangible way um i don't think it's a perfect movie it's not like my favorite movie ever i have a couple critiques especially watching it i've seen this movie a bunch of times it was one that i like showed to a lot of people because it was uh so impactful to me um watching it with like a more critical eye for the first time yeah i saw some stuff i didn't love might have even uh might have even moved my like film critic perception of it down a tad not a ton but a tad um, but as far as like me being a guy who likes to watch movies, I really like to watch this movie. I'd watch it just about any time. I think it's pretty great. That's good. Um, we were planning on watching this together uh, this past Sunday, but uh, Denny and Vanessa learned that they were sick, maybe had a little bit of a cold. So my fiance and I decided that the best option was to stay home and watch it separately. And then we both got sick anyways, somehow. Yep. So what a waste. It's pretty dumb. If you ask. Pretty yeah. dumb. If you ask me, we should have just hung out. And what this movie teaches us is that the only thing worse than being sick is being sick alone. Whether that's a physical illness or a mental illness. We should have been sick together, Greg. If there's anything I've learned in the past two years, it's if you get sick to just jam-pack yourself with other people. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've already mentioned and hinted and alluded that I'm not a big fan of this movie. Um, and it's something I mentioned in our q and I think a friend of the show, Will Reno, had asked... 
uh, what kind of ruins your Im- immersion for a movie in so many words. I forget exactly how he yeah, said yeah. it. Uh, I said that this movie did something that I didn't like. I couldn't quite put my finger on it until I watched it again. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie has... It does two things, actually, for me that ruin my immersion of it. Because I'll, I'll get to my praise for it later on. There's stuff I like about it. But what ruins the movie for me... Uh, number one is tone. I feel really confused most of the time about what lens I'm still supposed to be watching this through and how I'm supposed to be feeling in various moments. Mm -hmm. It seems like trivial moments are taken too seriously and like serious moments are treated like they're trivial. It's a super confusing watch for me. Maybe that's just my feeling of the tone in those scenes, mm-hmm. but that's just kind of the general vibe I got. I think I can I can validate that on a level because it was honestly something I noticed. Uh, I noticed this watch around that I was like, man, the first half of this movie where it's like just really focusing on what it's like for Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence to be mentally ill in a world that doesn't understand them. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is like a fucking classic. And then there's this pretty abrupt shift to where the focus of the movie is on their romance. Um, Yeah. And it gets really, it's kind of jarring for something that is so raw. You know, like I, here's a pet peeve of mine I didn't mention in the Q&A. I fucking hate unmotivated shaky cam for the sake of like grittiness. Hate it. Nice. Just buy a fucking tripod. Um, Mm Mm-hmm you're making a movie so make a fucking movie um but i thought it really worked in this because it was motivated that it was meant to kind of show you the world through his eyes right like things Mm -hmm. things are unstable um and then it gets just real rose tinted real fast and we just kind of kind of jump to a rom-com um and i'll get into a little later about how i don't necessarily mind it because I think this movie is very much like Forrest Gump in the sense that it has a little something for everyone. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you do sacrifice the strength of just focusing on having one type of thing. You know, like that's, you're not going to do it as well if you spread yourself more thin. But I do think that they did a pretty good job of, of establishing a broad appeal. I, I do mm-hmm. think there's there's something for everybody in this movie and in Forrest Gump. That's right, film buff who likes Forrest Gump. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. It's my favorite piece of conservative propaganda other than Ghostbusters. <laughs> Hell yeah, I, I haven't seen that movie and I saw it once and it's been yeah. ages. Uh, well, what I would what, like to see it again. It's it's a good it's a good movie. Is Another it? Another second chance. Yeah, hey, that'd be a good one. Forrest Gump is good. Is it a all time amazing cinematic masterpiece? not really but it's a good movie i don't under i think it's a reactionary take to be like it's garbage but um i i want to hear more honestly man like i know we disagree on this but i've been i've been really eager to hear your critiques and not like to combat them you know like just because i wanted to usually you and i are just on the same wavelength and this is one where we're just fundamentally not so i've been just really interested to like explore i've wanted to know why it hits you so different yeah, it's it's a pretty rare thing that we disagree, and I also want to like present why I dislike it, not in a not in a sense of like here's why you shouldn't like it. No, yeah, not um, that's not my perception at all. Um, 
So I mentioned two things that ruined my immersion for this movie. Um, the confusing tone was the first one. The second one is something that the script does where a scene will just get dragged on for 10 to 30 seconds, sometimes two minutes, just too long. Mm. There are too many words. We're like, I think a short, a small example is after spoilers, after Bradley Cooper wins the or wins gets a five in the out of ten in the uh, dance competition. Um, he goes over to his ex-wife to kind of say, "Hey, I'm doing better," and kind of closes that gap in his life, which I think mm-hmm. is a good scene. And then Jennifer Lawrence sees him talking to her, is like, ah, and then runs off. And then De Niro's character, who's playing Bradley Cooper's father, um, talks to him about, I'm proud of you, I love you as my son, but you better go chase her. But he does it with like 10 extra sentences. He's just, he's still going about how important it is that he goes and finds her. By then, she could have been in a taxi and left, but thankfully, no, she was still outside. Um, it, it It's stuff like that where, I don't know, like, once I get it, I get it, and mm-hmm. a lot of movies are paced really well. Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of movies I like are paced really well with once the emotion of the scene is conveyed we're on to the next thing yeah this is a two-hour movie that could have been trimmed to like 20 minutes shorter i would say probably it once we've like established the point i've got it and we're just kind of hitting the same nail that's already all the way in i'm just kind of like okay i'm thinking about like man this is a lot of words man these actors are really doing this man the filmmaking is doing this and i'm thinking about this is a movie, this is a movie, and I lose the characters that I that I do like. I do like the characters. I love these actors playing these characters, mm-hmm. but I, I just I just lose them in the repetition of all the scenes they're in. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, that didn't, like, it didn't bother me because it, it felt like they were going for a very organic and authentic feel to dialogue, and yeah. I, I, I do agree that it is redundant, but also, I think uh, listeners of this podcast will know, and maybe it's my personal bias, I can be really redundant. And I don't really fully think of what I'm going to say until it's like already out of my mouth. And sometimes I just keep going with a point and repeat myself more than I need to. And I, I hear it in my own self when mm-hmm. I when I listen to it back. You know, I'll be like, There's okay. a better way to say it, and I will think of it, but I'm going to repeat it three times while I get there. Yeah, that that's absolutely me. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just what my inner monologue sounds like, and so it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a combination of those two things, too. So it's the confusing tone and stuff being too long. It's like a, a scene that I'm, like, confused what I'm supposed to be feeling is also dragging on, like, a minute too long. I'm just like, I hate watching this. It's 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 irritating. I will say, yeah, like, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of moments where people are being manipulative towards our sweet little baby boy, Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. So and sweet. And it seems like we're supposed to feel good about it when they're kind of, like, revealing what they're doing. 
Yeah. And not in, like, a cool, artsy, I'm gonna make you uncomfortable way, but in a, like, hey, Ah, they got him. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, it was more like a... Maybe not entirely like that. That's not fair. Yeah. It was like, do you as filmmakers realize that you're portraying something really fucked up right here? Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's kind of what it came across to me is, like, have, are you doing this on purpose? Are, are you really... Because I'm seeing this and seeing, like, a really fucked up codependent family system. And I think your tone was, uh, hey, every family's a little bit crazy, but we love them. It's our family, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was watching it and being like, nah, this is toxic. like this is really 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 unhealthy (laughs) like and not in a cute charming uh jack skellington ass way (laughs) like what was what was the thing like his mom was hiding something from him like his whole life what was it again i don't know about his whole life i know it was like a long time i think it was um at least throughout his marriage or something something weird the big reveal i remember from her was that she told Jennifer Lawrence where he was running so she could ambush him. Oh, yeah. That that wasn't organic and natural at all. That that was set up. That was his family intervening in his life to do what they thought was best, which was against his wishes of what he thought was best for his own life. Right or wrong, that's not cool to do. You let people okay. make their own choices, right? That uh, yeah. There, there might have been another reveal. No, I think that one was it. It, it wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. That's That's not the most egregious thing i think yeah. as far as like manipulation goes like you're talking about yeah uh, i just couldn't remember what, what it was well and i think that's i i have for as much as i love this movie and as much as it uh hits a lot of the right notes in therapy and a couple of the wrong ones with mental health this is actually the first time i've watched it since i began my career and even my like graduate education as a therapist um mm-hmm. And it hit me really different having been on both sides of it. You know, like having been on the I'm directionless and mentally ill and I don't know where to turn. And having been on the I'm formally educated and experienced and professionally licensed in how to treat these disorders. I was like, this codependent family system is not as charming as you think it is. I've actually mm-hmm. dealt directly with a lot of this shit. And let me tell you, this movie ends with Bradley Cooper dying in a ditch in real life. Like, that's where all of this goes. Hate to tell you guys. Um, it's not It's not this charming romantic ending. Um, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence both live terrible lives until they uh, uh, emancipate themselves from that toxic system. It doesn't work this way. <laughs> but it was nice that it did in the movie. Well... The only silver lining is that in a few years, the Eagles are going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So at least they got that to look forward to. And you know what? While, while we're on the Eagles, I want to give a shout out to Megan Taylor, um, who I referenced ah. earlier, who our mutual brother, Jeremy Taylor, does not does listen to the show. Megan told me she doesn't. So I happen to know that Megan Taylor was affected by this movie because she was tired of feeling excluded from football. Um and so someone told her, like, here's how you get into football. Pick a team and root for them. They're your team. And she picked the the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles because that's the team they liked in Silver Linings Playbook. So, nice. Megan Taylor, if you listen to this episode, you can contact me and let me know you heard this. And then and only then will you be granted the title friend of the show. And then don't get into sports betting. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> 
It's funny because uh, I learned all this in the Tropicana Sports Lounge in Las Vegas from Megan. I don't think she was betting. I think she was just watching the game. We actually met there like very serendipitously. It was random. We both happened to be in Vegas at the same time and were very good friends and didn't know it and saw each other's social media pictures and we're like, shut the fuck up. Meet me at this spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. She um, rules. She's a great person. Yeah. yeah, this is going to be a short discussion, guys. I kind of laid out all my thoughts. I have like a few random tidbits about like the characters. Yeah, go for it. I've got a few more thoughts, but I'd love to hear more of yours. Was that lady not Ronda Rousey? <laughs> Julian Stiles? Yeah, it was, I was looking at her like, I know that's an actress, but I swear to God that's Ronda Rousey. Honestly, I, I see it now that you say it. But I was so distracted with how believably she looked like uh, plausibly Jennifer Lawrence's sister and who they oh, got yeah. to play Bradley Cooper's brother. It was actually a note. Shea Wiggum. Shea Wiggum. It, yeah. it was a note that I had that I was like, man, the like familial casting was really good. Like these people look related to each other. Better to than the, the kid. Better than the kid. To the point that I like looked up Julian Stiles and was like, is she seriously like Jennifer Lawrence's older sister? But now that you mention it, she could also play Ronda Rousey's sister, mom, or Ronda Rousey herself, depending on the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I knew it wasn't her. I was like, swear, some, I cannot get it out of my head. I didn't realize that she really mom. does look like her. Yeah, Shea Wiggum rules. Uh, he's, I think I've only, I've mostly seen him in television, like Boardwalk Empire. He's always like a super stern, kind of, kind of plays like a villain a lot of times. And he can't. And I, I liked him in a role of, like, not a villain, but just kind of like a bullyish older brother. Uh, I thought he was really good in that. Um, he was a dick in this movie. Yeah. Like, just an egregious fucking asshole for no reason, to the point that, like, uh, Robert De Niro's, like, uh, mentally ill ass in this movie was like, Hey, 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 man. Stop talking about all the things that are good for you and bad for him. <laughs> like, just, just cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 not nice. <laughs> like I don't. I think it's gonna upset him. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of De Niro, he had some moments in this movie. Man. Oh, dude, a great performance from uh, someone who never mails it in, honestly. But like, I don't know why I'd be surprised that Robert De Niro had a great performance. But yeah, his it joints, was great. his joints mailed it in for the Irishman. But uh, oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. He smokes joints in that? Poorly rolled ones? I wish. Uh, <laughs> be a lot cooler if he did. Um, be a lot cooler if you did. Yeah, man. Um, I really liked the dancing montage. Like you were saying, this kind of turns into a rom-com. Yeah, but like yeah. the learning to dance montage, there's like a few other things going on in there. I forget exactly what they were. But like... Like I said, there's stuff I like. You, oh, one one thing I wanted to mention. You talked about um, uh, unnecessary shaky cam. I think this... It's not something I notice too much. I don't like it either, but I don't think this is the worst example of it. There's some pretty terrible ones. Um, <laughs> Jeff, who lives at home. But this... <laughs> it wasn't too terrible. And I thought there were some great bits of camera work in the movie too there's like a lot of positives to the craft of the film especially the acting side um but good lord 
still hate watching it. Is it the, I I thought the shaky cam was warranted and added to this movie quite a bit. Um, oh, you did? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. You just yeah, normally no. don't like it. Okay. No, yeah, I, I'm saying that's that's how much I appreciate it in this movie, is that it is a pet peeve that I liked in this movie. It's not something I'm saying never do. I'm saying don't do it for no reason, or don't do it because you're lazy and you're like, oh, it's like it's like you're in the movie, walking around. Okay, fuck off. Um, walking around super drunk a lot of times uh yeah no th- this movie warranted it i really thought um I-, I thought it i thought it really worked here um yeah especially with the subject matter yeah definitely so i have a lot to say about the therapist character um please but... I, I wanted to ask you about him because it seemed unethical for him to keep hanging out with him at the eagles game <laughs> You know, Greg, it's funny that someone who doesn't have formal training in therapy ethics would know that. (laughs) Curious. (laughs) Um, Well, I did, I want, it was an actual segue because something I loved about the dance montage that you mentioned before I get into my diatribe on this therapist character that they wrote, uh, not a poorly performed character, but a poorly written character, Mm -hmm. um, is I loved that we saw he wasn't connecting with his therapist and then uh, Jennifer Lawrence actually teaches him emotional intelligence, right? Like, that's what his therapist is failing to do. And through mm-hmm. dance, she's teaching him to experience and accept and express his emotions. And that's what was giving him that healing experience while doing it through connection with somebody else, right? Not just journaling it or doing it alone, right? Like, that's... We have social brains. It's part of the way we are. We need to we need to share that with someone. That was smart. Um, so yeah, this is something I truly can't believe that um, for a movie with such an astute understanding of mental illness, treatment, and recovery, mm-hmm. how could they fuck up the therapist character so bad? <laughs> um, and it doesn't seem intentional, like. Because I'm going to say this, too. I'm not saying there aren't therapists out there who do this shit. I've Mm -hmm. even encountered them. They deserve to lose their license, and they are horrible therapists, and they scare the fuck out of me if they do it and think it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's one thing if you know what you're doing is wrong and you do it anyways. I'm like, you're just shitty. If you know what you're... If you don't understand that this shit is wrong... I am fucking worried. Like, you, I don't know how you got this fucking far. Um, You could at least be a sociopath instead of a blubbering fucking idiot. Um, So let's start with the number one ethical Uh principle of therapy. Educate us. Non-maleficence, a.k.a. I don't like that movie either. Yeah, we never watch Maleficent with our clients. (laughs) That's right. Um, no, or the sequel. It simply means do no harm. Mm-hmm. If you are not sure that you can help your client, you better be really sure that you're not going to hurt them. They should not come out of this worse. You know, like at the very minimum, keep it neutral. You know, um, mm-hmm. so how do you justify, Greg? How would one justify you have had no relationship with this patient? <clears throat> Mm-hmm. You know he has inpatient treatment with legal charges for unmedicated bipolar disorder with psychotic features 
which he has discharged against medical advice, by the way. You're taking on a liability if you agree to see him individually at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that his wedding song is a violent trigger for him. You have never met him. You have no relationship with him. All you know is this information about him. How do you justify bombarding him with the song in a public place without his knowledge to see if it's still a trigger? Are you able to make a legal case in court that you did that? Very sure that you would do no harm to him by doing that. Physical, Uh, emotional, uh, or psychological. Yeah, that's exactly one of those things I was talking about, man. Is that scene sort of feels like a... It just... It's confusing what's happening, first of all. You're just like, oh yeah, it's, I guess it's this song. This is the one that makes him mad. And like... <coughs> sorry, we're still sick. Yeah. Um, why is this therapist doing this to him? Oh, this is a new therapist. Oh, this is weird. And it's it kind of comes off... Like, it's supposed to be, like, a charming meet-the-therapist kind of thing. But you're just, like, you just, like, assaulted this guy's mentality upon meeting him. Like, it, it was really uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, man. In fact, I'll even take back my earlier statement. There are therapists who get themselves into some trouble because they violate the, like, um... Uh, the confidentiality of the agreement and they get into dual relationships with their clients. They, mm-hmm. they know them outside of therapy. That's not okay. Yes, it exists and people do it and they shouldn't. And they usually, uh, lose their license for fucking their patients, uh, to put it bluntly. Um, mm-hmm. that is something that happens like him <clears throat> going to his house or something. That's something that happens in the world. No one fucking does that lobby trigger stunt. Is this like <laughs> fucking Sigmund Freud wouldn't do that? Like, are you fucking kidding me? That is such a departure from reality that it's just like, what in the absolute donkey fuck was your information about therapy when you wrote this? Like, come on. I cannot wait for a movie that uh, incorrectly portrays my profession. So I can get this feeling. Um, hasn't happened yet. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Vanessa just texted me. You tell him, babe. Apparently she's not getting to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Vanessa. Um, yeah, that was uh, out of place for how well this movie understands therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, for those curious, if you see your client outside of session... You should tell them this in the first session. I will not acknowledge you out of respect for your confidentiality because maybe you don't want to explain why you know me to the people you're with. You are more than welcome to acknowledge me. And if you do, I'll say hi. I'll probably be happy to see you. We can chat for a minute and then we can go on about our day. We're not going to linger. You know, like we're not going to like go out to dinner or something like that. Right. Um, so you're you're what you're saying is you're not going to see your client and then yell with your friends calling the New York Giants a bunch of <laughs> yeah and then in a separate incident go to my client's dad's house to watch the football game with him later 
we see the therapist there at the end of the movie in the closing Pretty montage. Cool. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I, I, I really am surprised that a movie that seems to understand the content that they're messing with so well would uh, fuck that up so badly. I guess, honestly, I think a, a cool theme in the movie is, like, you're looking at the people who are very obviously struggling and being like, whoa, crazy people. But then they're surrounded by a bunch of people who are all struggling with mental illness just in less obvious ways, right? Mm -hmm. And they actually benefit from the people who are a little more uh, overtly struggling taking the focus off of them, right? Like that actually kind of helps them hide their own illness when really what's going on is pretty normal for everybody. So I kind of get that they were trying to like rope the therapist into that and being like, hey, he's a therapist. He's got his own issues too. He's not a god. Um, which is true. Um, God knows I have my issues. Um, but like, that was, a a very, very uninformed method of, uh, of roping the therapist into that theme. <laughs> just like, uh, if, if you're a therapist and you watched it, I guarantee you just felt gross. And like any positive feelings that saying Deshaun Wallace is the man garnered for that character, uh, out the fucking window. Um, when you see him do all those things uh, again mm -hmm. no, no issues with the performance i thought it was a, a very good performance very relatable and before i knew what therapy was i loved it i was like that's so cool his therapist is like fighting people in the parking lot with him uh <laughs> now that i know i'm just like jesus fucking christ what a dull dumb take uh, <laughs> like what a dumb thing to portray in a positive light um that's 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 the end of that that's all i've got for that uh particular note uh or topic i like it yep um it's already gonna be a late night you want to dive into the gimmicks or do you got anything else uh, philly majorly must, pressing philly must be a pretty small town because that cop is fucking everywhere uh, oh my god <laughs> he's even at the uh the fucking dance competition um I love the soundtrack. <coughs> Excuse me. God damn. <coughs> oh, we need a seamless edit so I can get a cough drop. Um, no, I, I love the soundtrack to this movie. Girl from the North Country is a fantastic song. Uh, it's a collaboration between Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash and some other famous people that don't usually collaborate. Yeah, um, that I, was a great track. I will always be grateful that they introduced me to the band Alabama Shakes. Um, mm -hmm. I've always been a fan of them since I saw this movie and the lead singer side project, Thunder Bitch, which is another really cool <laughs> band name. Um, you know, for what it's worth, uh, I've talked about how I don't really like the, the rom-com ending and that it's a little saccharine for something that was so raw, but you know what else I'll say? They earned it, and it was nice, and it made mm -hmm. me feel happy. And while it was a departure from realism from a movie that was very realistic, I think it worked. Uh, and I, if you really wanted me to, you know, come up with a story that I think might have worked better, maybe I could. Maybe I couldn't. What do I know? But I, I think it was, it was earned cheesiness. It was earned sentimentalism. I think yeah. they... They took us on a deep enough dive that you can uh, chase someone in the rain and have a happy ending, you know? Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. <coughs> yeah, let's get into gimmicks just so I can get a cough drop. Honestly, man, shit. Copy that. Yeah. Oh, wait. Also, I just wanted to say, 
how cool <coughs> Jesus how cool inhaled it is inhaled the tiramisu yeah go ahead the dinner scene um when he goes to dinner in his eagles jersey with uh oh yeah yeah that was nice i can't tell you how hard i related to it when like when i was so overcome by mental illness that i was really isolating myself and then you get a little you get a little bit of help a little bit of treatment you're starting to get your feet on the ground and you just feel like you are an alien in a world that's just functioning differently than you and you can kind of tell everybody knows you haven't been around as much and you're having some problems but everybody doesn't want to make you uncomfortable which is nice of them and mm-hmm. you have this mixed or i'll speak for myself i would have these mixed feelings <laughs> of um i want people to acknowledge that this is kind of a big deal to me that i'm doing a normal thing i want people to acknowledge and i, I want to feel safe talking about it and it's weird for me to pretend this isn't going on and I also don't want them to acknowledge it. I just want to get through it and be normal and just be the guy that everybody expects me to be. Um, I just can't say enough how much I relate to that um, to that scene. And also, when you're early in your mental health recovery, how the people you bond with tend to be the people who are dealing with the same things. That was like mm-hmm. the only... I could only connect to people that were up to their eyeballs in trauma for a while. Um, and that there was just something so true to life about when Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence really start hitting it off, um, just comparing meds, you know, being like, oh, Trazodone makes you foggy. Oh, don't mess with that. You know, like that's when mm-hmm. they like the only organic, natural conversation they have all night. Um, that was really true to life. And also it was really cool to go back as a therapist and be like, last time I watched this, I didn't know what these meds were. <laughs> now <laughs> I'm, I'm educated now. That's cool. I anyway. Wish, uh, I wish Bruce Willis had been part of that conversation. Like, maybe I shouldn't take all these. Um... <laughs> anyway, great cover of the monster mash from this movie too, that I added to my Halloween playlist. Not a lot of, nice. not a lot of new monster mash covers out there these days. That was nice. Get on it. Get on it. Musicians. Mm. All right, Greg, let's get into gimmicks. What's your, uh, we went out of order on the last episode. What's your yeah, Vincent, Vincent Vega award for people who learn nothing from second chances. Um, this is a very confusing gimmick to like, find stuff for because our who who's winning the award but i it's it's a it's a razzie (laughs) right the moment that made me regret giving this a second chance is how i'll interpret this one um jennifer lawrence going on for five minutes about the eagles juju after de niro loses a bunch of money when the eagles lose uh to the giants i thought is it's what ruined my viewing the first time. What were you about to say? <laughs> I thought it was badass. I hated that. I hate that scene. Then she cracks I... the beer. She just dresses down everybody using their own bullshit, honestly, to manipulate and get what she wants, but doing it, answering a fool according to the fool's own folly. I thought she was a G in that scene, man. I loved it. <laughs> she did fine. I just think they gave her 
six extra miles of runway and she was gonna use all of it i'm just like i understand please get this over with i don't i don't know that's like the peak of my dislike for this movie is just how long that scene goes on i thought we were dealing with something serious and it feels like a whimsical here comes jennifer lawrence to tell you what's up kind of tone i'm just like i'm not here emotionally to receive this well and you're spending five minutes on it i'm uh i i hate i hate that scene it ruined my viewing the first time and it made me like it less the second time i'm laughing right now not at your opinion or your take yeah but at uh at your take well i'm not laughing at my own take i'm laughing because uh all i'll say is this greg with that in mind, I will try to keep it brief for Terminator 2. <laughs> All right. Good deal. But I can't promise I'm not going to go full J-Law. Because <laughs> I've got a case to build. I, I, I want you to, by all means. Um, I don't think we're going to be as opposite ends as you think. Oh, uh, shit. You'll be like one of the only people ever. <laughs> like, I, I welcome your takes with open arms here. Um so yeah, what, what's what's your Vincent Vega award? I already went pretty in depth on it. I'm just gonna say the therapist using the song to trigger him in the lobby. Um, <clears throat> yeah, pretty bad. I, I found more things that I didn't like with a you know watching with a critical eye and not just watching for entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. But this was something that I always thought was fucking stupid, and and still think is even stupider now. Um, that's <laughs> that's just a fucking garbage thing. Um, I realize now how stupid it really is. <laughs> Greg, what is uh what is your favorite line? Uh you misquoted it earlier and it's Deshaun Jackson is the man. Is that is that not what I said? You said Deshaun Wallace. Who's Deshaun Wallace? I don't watch sports. That's not Deshaun Jackson is what they say. Is Deshaun Wallace not a thing? Does he no. not exist? No, probably well, you know, there's someone but he's got the he's got the Jackson jersey on. Where did that get the whole head? movie? And the therapist says Deshaun Jackson is the man. Are you googling Deshaun Wallace? Um, uh, Jackson. I kind of wanted to see if he was still playing, but yeah. Oh, I'm gonna Google Deshaun Wallace because part of me thinks it might be like a wrestler's real name or something that's in my head. Um, yeah. Deshaun Watson is a quarterback. Deshaun Wallace is. What does Deshaun Wallace look like? Uh, according to Google Images, he's a guy with dreads. Um, I'm Does he getting, look like I'm, a bitch? Not real. Uh, in one of the pictures. <laughs> um, sorry, Deshaun Wallace. If you're listening, uh, don't Google yourself. You kind of look like a bitch. Um, oh what God. I'm getting is uh, uh, links to Facebook profiles. So I think we can confirm that Deshaun Wallace is not a thing. <laughs> officially. Um, Danny, what's what's your favorite line? You already referenced it and how much you hate it. Um, but I'm going to go with Robert De Niro's closing monologue because I actually think of it a lot when I feel like this is happening to me. Oh, is it going to go on for like three minutes because it was written too long? No, I actually... Okay, so it was really long and I tried to get the whole quote, but I wasn't fast enough. So I'll just go with the yeah, main part that sticks to me. That's because the script sucks. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going to give you that one. Not, I'm not going to give you the script sucks. I'm going to give you that... Yeah, you are. Don't tell me what I'm going to give you. Um, <laughs> when life reaches at you with a moment like this, it's a sin if you don't reach back. And that's that's something that I try to keep in mind when I feel like uh, there's an opportunity in front of me 
and I'm not sure if I want to take it or I might just let it pass. I try to remind myself to just reach back. When re- when mm-hmm. life is reaching at me, reach back and see what happens. Good sentiment. Thanks. Uh, uh, Denny, what is... Yeah, solid lines, but crowded with other decent ones. Then it all sucks. Uh, <laughs> Denny, what's your Critiker score here? Yeah, I've just, made my point just, six times. Uh, what a hypocrite. <laughs> you were determined to get the last word on that sucking, and I'm just going to let you have it but not agree with it. That's fine. Uh, my Critiker score is a 42 out of 50. Um, God damn. I, I thought I was going to give it a 47 from memory, and I watched it and I was like, eh, it's not that upper echelon. But mm-hmm. this is definitely... Uh, a, a very very good movie uh, if anyone listens to the show they hear me explain this almost every week if you get over 40 from me that's a goddamn compliment you know like that's just you're in you're in great company if you're over 40 so this is a 42 out of 50 solid um i had initially given this one a 20 out of 40 and i dropped it to a i dropped it to a 15 out of 40 jesus man what'd you give the kid 11 What'd you give Country Bears? I know what you gave them. Oh, what, like a 17 or something? 18, what you piece of shit. 18? Yeah, I liked, I liked, I enjoyed watching the Country Bears more than I enjoyed watching Silver Linux Playbook. I don't, there's things I appreciate, alright, shut up. You don't even rank by genre. I'm, I'm you don't dimes. even rank by genre. I can, I don't. I can get away with some things like this, because I can say, I'm not comparing those two movies. Neither you are. I. You, no, you no, no, brought no. up the other you score. Are. You were you saying up the you generally rank it in your place with all movies you've ever seen. Okay, so? It's not by genre. These are all up for comparison with each other. And you yeah. want to go on record. Well, I don't I don't give it a score and be like, hmm, what else is here? And it's like, I just feel a 15 on this one. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I never, honestly, that's the exact. Well, well once, once we start going down, you know. Okay. Um. That's the exact like opposite. Really of how good I do minus. It. Okay, really good minus some points. You compare it to okay. everything else. Okay. Okay. I, I can... don't even. I don't even look. I just stick a number on it. Um, that is okay. So I guess I just. <laughs> you know what happens when you assume? I just was mm-hmm. assuming you do it like me, and honestly, the only way I can rank a movie is by like seeing where it ranks on other movies. I, I will have a general feel. I'll be like, no, oh, this one's probably like low 40s. Let me see what else mm-hmm. I got hanging out in the low 40s in the genre. Then I'll compare and contrast, you know? Yeah, um, I guess it's a difference between rating and ranking. I, I, I consider mine rankings. I really I, do. I call it straight ratings. We just, just we just learned something about each other, Greg. That's pretty go. cool. That's and pretty you cool. learned about us, audience. Hey, I'm sure you guys really fucking cared about that one, too. Yeah, I... 15. <laughs> Bad. Less than a 4. <laughs> Country Bears is better. It's better made, better acted, and everything, but I do not enjoy watching it. And this is Denny Taylor going on record saying, I learned nothing, and there's something fucking wrong with Greg. James Cameron, what is your fucking deal? Were you traumatized by a movie? Did your dad say your mom and I are getting divorced at the end of this movie and you just wish it could have been longer? <laughs> Save it, Denny. God okay, damn it. Okay, hold on. Seamless edit me there. Bre- leave that in. All right, that's staying there. Um, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> the the only seamless edit that surprised both of us. <laughs> oh my that was God. 
was off the cuff. That wasn't a joke I was saving. That was, that was not just a plane. in the moment. That was not a bit. <laughs> that, was, that, <laughs> that came from Denny's heart. Um, we're it here. makes Avatar make more sense. <laughs> oh, jeez. Save it, man. Let's intro. <laughs> Um, All right. we're back. This is our third movie for when you want to give a movie a second chance. This was Denny Pick. We Denny Pick. Denny's Pick. Denny Pick. Th- Denny Pick. This Denny Pick. Terminator 2 Judgment Day is Denny Pick. Movie James Cameron 1991. Robot Future come now. Other Robot Future also come now. Sequel to Terminator Sarah Con- I'm summarizing the plot <laughs> with reduced words. <laughs> Um. Yeah, we've all seen Terminator 1. Arnold plays a Terminator to kill Sarah Connor because her son in the future will lead a revolt against the machines that have taken over the world. Uh, that plan fails. Sarah Connor kills that Terminator. But um, nobody can find the evidence or anything of the robot. They think Sarah Connor's crazy. The guy sent back in time to protect her. They have they have a little hookup, and she gets pregnant with the son that was that we've come from the future to kill, John Connor. And in Terminator Two, John Connor is ten years old. Mom's in a mental institution because she keeps swearing up and down that the world's gonna end, and there's Terminator robots after her. And she's proven right, and uh, we get two machines sent from the future one is a human reprogrammed arnold schwarzenegger that is coming back to protect john connor and by proxy sarah connor and then there's a machine bent sent back by the machines to kill john connor and anyone that stands in his way he's more advanced version of schwarzenegger's robot um yeah, we're trying to save the future by changing the present. And there's robots after us. What a cool concept. Denny, do you have history with Terminator 2 Judgment Day? I do, Gregory. All right. I do. Thank, thank you for asking. I'd love to hear let's it. Just, let's ease right into this and get comfortable. Cool, man. <sighs> um, no, honestly, I, I love the Terminator, um, the idea. Um, I it's kind of like a Jurassic Park thing for me where it's like, yeah, I watched parts of it all the time as a kid, you know, like Terminator one and two. Um, I loved the Terminator two interactive show at universal studios, Hollywood growing up. One of my favorite attractions in the park. Um, it only closed down recently too. They got some fucking mileage out of that thing. Uh, it was like running until I want to say like 2015 or something like that. <laughs> um, but um, okay, so basically there was a time when Terminator One was like always streaming. It was just always on Netflix or something like that. Netflix, Hulu, I forget which one, but it was like always there. I watched it a whole lot. Love the movie. Love the grittiness. Um, so in my adult life, I was rewatching Terminator 1 all the time. And uh it's a good when movie. I made my yeah, yeah, fantastic movie. Um and one day I'll talk about why it's the best <laughs> B movie ever made. Um yeah. but um when when Vanessa and I made our first annual movie list, it was basically 
me solving a problem that I used to have that Greg currently has, which is being a film buff that hasn't seen a lot of heavy hitters. You know, yeah. like I, that's literally why I started doing this list and I didn't mean for it to become an annual tradition in our family. Um, I was just like, I'm so fucking tired of saying I haven't seen stuff. So the original one was like literally, I think 62 movies that I was tired of saying I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't remember like a sit down, start to finish watching of Terminator two. Um, so I was like, you know what, throw it on there. Cause I want to like parse out what's like childhood memory messed up. I know I've seen this, but I don't remember the details all that well. So we'll throw Terminator two on there. That'll be a fun one. Um, unironically, Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I mean that. Not as like a Arnold joke. Like, I fucking love him. Like, I, I, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger's work. Um, and I was shocked, Greg. Ah. Shocked, I say. Because this is one of the movies that always gets brought up when people talk about sequels that are better than the original. Okay. I was shocked at how little I enjoyed this movie and how many problems I had with it. And I this this is how I work. This is how I get really reactionary to a lot of things, such as Amy Poehler. Um hype? Well, it's not just hype. Okay. I'll not like something not understanding oh, how popular it is. I know where this is going. Go yeah. ahead. I'll not like it. Um, and then not really think anything of it, you know, "Eh, I don't really get it. It's not my thing. Then I'll state publicly that I don't like it. And people will just come at me and treat me like I'm a fucking crazy person and tell me basically that I'm not allowed to not like it. And then I have to start building a case because I feel the need to defend myself because I feel like someone's putting me on blast. Mm -hmm. And... In the process of just, like, building that case over and over, it just builds this, like, (laughs) hatred. Like, it builds this, like, I'll tell you why I don't fucking like Amy Poehler! When really I just started as being like, eh, not really my thing. Leslie Nope, not really doing it for me. Not a big deal. Who cares? Um, And then when people just have this, like, are you some kind of sick Amy Poehler-hating pervert reaction... Um, like, are you, do you, like, get horny from not liking this? Um, I start, I start getting really passionate. He does. And it's ego defense, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's fighting for my sense of self. It no longer becomes about, um, what we're talking about. It becomes about my right to have an opinion on it. And then I get really reactive because I'll be like, I guarantee I fucking thought about this more than you. I guarantee it. And they'll be like, and I'll be right. And they will just lend no credence to anything I'm saying. And I'm like, I never told you you can't like, I never told you you're not allowed to like this. Yeah. You told me I'm not allowed to not like it. So I'm firing back and you're sitting here defenseless and you're not budging. So do you want to fucking talk about this or not? (laughs) You know, like that's, that's what it gets to with me. Well, and, Denny, uh, I'm here to offer you some credence and some uh, clear water and hopefully some revival. I fucking love that band. I know, they're pretty great. So does Vanessa. Greg, offer me some credence, but first... <laughs> A word from our sponsors. <laughs> Skynet. Uh, <laughs> 
Anyway, Greg, what's what's your relationship with Terminator 2? Um, yeah, I had the DVD, I guess, at some point in college. I had, I think, like, sometime in high school, I was like, man, I haven't seen the Terminator. And then, yeah, it was streaming. I, don't, I forget where I saw it. I don't think streaming was really, like, a thing when I was in high school. But anyways, I watched it. I was like, that was pretty cool. Um, didn't see Terminator 2 until I started hearing, like, no, that's the better one. And I watched it in college. I think I picked up the DVD somewhere for cheap and watched it. And I was like, oh, that was pretty cool, too. I kind of put them on the same level. I didn't really feel like one was better than the other. And I'll have to do a rewatch of the first Terminator um, to kind of solidify an opinion on, like, comparing the two. But I remember it a lot differently. Um... I guess I forgot, like, a whole bunch of key stuff. Um, this is only my second time watching it, is what I'm getting to, uh, in a lot of words. Um, it, there's there's just so much that I had forgotten about it that I was kind of surprised by this time around. Um, yeah, I saw it once, saw it again. I think it's fine. Um, I don't know, just cool movie. And that's about as deep as it goes for me, personally. <laughs> okay, Greg. I'll start by lending you some credence, since you've promised to lend me some. Yeah. Before I get into my opening statement. Uh-huh. He's stretching. Uh, He's cracking his knuckles. I would like to start with a massive disclaimer to everyone <laughs> listening. I'd love to piss you off a little bit more, because we could use the social media traffic, so feel free to <laughs> just chime in. Um, but, uh... I take no joy in having hot takes. I'm actually an easy grader, and I like to like movies. I just like liking things, to quote uh, Abed Nadir. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really have this complex where I'm like, you must impress me, I'm critical. Um, and I'll say this. If you want to say that Terminator 2 is a fun action movie with some cool scenes, I have nothing to say to you. I have absolutely mm -hmm. nothing to fight about with you. There's, I, 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 I think it's a little long and a little boring. I think there's more concise action movies with cool scenes in them as well. That's just my taste. You know, like that's, it's, I don't care if you think that I think it's a perfectly reasonable take to make on this movie. However, oh. <laughs> If you want to tell me that this is a better movie than Terminator 1, <clears throat> I'd like to present you this case. Greg, mm -hmm. this is known for being a sequel that supposedly, successfully, completely changed the direction of a successful first movie for the better. Would you agree with that statement? That's that's a common perception of Terminator 2? Um, like, took an idea... Or, like, took one movie and then kind of tweaked the... Story? Or or just, like... Well, the... the, the like the, an Alien versus Aliens thing, where, like, one... Yes, exactly. Okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah okay. That, uh... Ali, alien is a horror sci-fi. Emphasis on Perfect the horror. Perfect horror sci-fi, yeah. Yeah. 
Aliens is an action sci-fi. Yeah. Um, playing with the same elements, very different movies, and James Cameron is involved in one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and they both really work for really different reasons, and bravo. Bravo, I say. Yeah. Um, Terminator 1 is a sci-fi horror with Arnold as the villain that had a $6 million budget and is, uh, functionally speaking, kind of an indie film, even though it's probably not technically. I didn't look into it. Mm Mm-hmm. That overperformed, over-delivered, right? Like, just blew up. Made more money than they ever could have imagined for the money they invested in it. Acquired a following. Terminator 2 has very, very few, if any, elements of horror. Um, It's an action movie, plain and simple, with sci-fi, sci-fi action. Mm -hmm. And Arnold's Terminator is the good guy. Yep. And most people would say... It's awesome that they changed it up and that was a good decision and the sequel's better than the original. Would you agree that that's a common perception or am I am I uh, straw manning? Um, I don't think... Well, I guess I don't pay too much attention to it. I think I would need... Maybe we can post something online before the episode goes up and just say, like, hey, what are people's gut perceptions of Terminator 2 versus Terminator 1? Okay. But I, I do feel, I know for a fact, I've heard it more than a few times that this is like, you know, if you're thinking of movies where the sequel's better than the original, this is something that will be brought up. Um, yeah. I think of it that way in like, insofar as like the cultural acceptance of that. Maybe not my yeah. opinion, but like, that's the answer you're going to get a lot of times is that's the case. It's the answer I have gotten a lot of times at a lot of bars with a lot of listeners of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, it completely changed the direction of the franchise. Confirm or deny. Is that a true statement? It's, oh man, yes. But that's something I want to get into later. Oh no, I want to too. I'm just establishing a basic premise. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, I'll say yes. Because I believe Those- it. Most people would say that that was a good change in direction. And I would respond with this. Greg, listener, film consumer out there in movie land. What is your favorite movie in the Terminator franchise after Terminator 2? Jesus Christ, thank God. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) I'll wait. In fact, not what is your favorite but would you please name a decent one that took the directional change of Terminator 2 and it was okay. I'll even lower the fucking bar. Please name an okay Terminator movie after Terminator 2. And don't you dare say the TV show. There's a TV show? Sarah Connor Chronicles, yeah. Oh, I heard about that and I was like, bored... (laughs) <laughs> so so did audiences nationwide <laughs> fool me once shame on me fool me six times in a row shame on you and me i'm not watching sarah connor chronicles <laughs> that's right so now that we've established the basic premise of my argument and my beef with terminator 2 mm-hmm. let's fucking do this greg I pass the symbolic baton to you. Well, yeah. Um, this was actually one of my gimmicks. Well, it was the gimmick. Um, 
Yeah, I mentioned that I forgot a lot of major details. It's a long movie. There's a lot to forget. Um, but I knew there were so many sequels. I've seen... I think I saw Terminator 3 on like TV or something. I was half watching. And then I saw Terminator Salvation, the one with Christian Bale. I think I saw that one like in theaters. That was like 08, 09, something like that. So like I knew there were sequels. I knew the story continued. So... <clears throat> Their whole, the character's plan is to basically prevent the creation of Skynet, yeah. of the machines. And I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for the plan to fail because they're sequels. So mm -hmm. the plan fails. And I'm just like, okay. And then this is where they don't get the chip. Or this is where the detonator doesn't blow up the precious data and information. This is where we don't. Uh, like hold on to the arm and lose it some in the like destroy it somehow oh everyone succeeds and it's a happy ending and the day is saved and the future is saved why did we make the sequel yeah. well that's a fair question Craig why did we make those sequels we we just I don't remember anything about t3 apparently it sucks and from what I, I saw I did I remember a coffin. I remember a coffin chase scene. Yeah, he like pulls a machine gun out of her or something. I don't know. Um, what if, what if the bad robot was a hot chick? Is basically <laughs> the premise. But yeah, I remember they, being they in middle it. school and being like, "This is low rent and stupid." Yeah, I <laughs> like, was as like, a middle schooler, <laughs> I was like, "I think I'm being pandered to." Um, that's why I never got around to it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I thought there was a nice bow on everything. For all the problems you might get into here, we wrapped up everything. That's yep. it. The story's done. It is a good... I think what makes it a good sequel is that it picks up the story where it left off in a reasonable spot. Like Even though it's like 10 years in the future, it's a completely reasonable intro to a new story. The new story mm -hmm. makes sense. It's carried through, and it has its own logical conclusion. And you can do something with a sequel where you completely close it off and don't allow for a third one to, like, make sense. Like a sensical third movie. Or you could leave it open to where you're just like, ah, it's going to be a trilogy. And this one does a good job, I think, of closing off the story. But we still get sequels. That's, yeah. that's what's confusing me. Yeah... Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You think so? It's the least of my worries, but yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, it's most of my worries. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll, uh, I'll start by saying something nice. Okay, please. I love the intro, man. I love that theme music. That music kicks ass. Oh, dude. Um, pro wrestler Kenny Omega did a Terminator entrance, and I have a Kenny Omega Terminator shirt, and he does this thing where he'll bow in the ring and to signal he's about to dive out of the ring and the whole crowd will summon him to stand up by clapping the Terminator theme. Oh. And it's just, it's so fucking cool. Like, it's just so fucking badass. Um, and he basically cinematically <laughs> shot the intro to this movie with him, like, naked in a warehouse um, to show up on the stage, like, in half robot gear. Like, it was just fucking tight. It was in a Japanese wrestling show. Just fucking amazing um kenny omega's the man um 
All that goes to say, man, I fucking love, love the Skynet future that we get to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, like, time traveling in a bubble in a crouched position. You know, like, all mm-hmm. the... It's so blue. You know, like, it's it's just, like, the first five to ten minutes of this movie are just, like, oh, for me. Like, it's just, like... Even watching it last night, really trying to check my bias, you know, like being like, hey, we're given second chances. Honestly, I seem to be the weird one who hates this movie, so maybe I was in a bad mood the day I watched it. You know, like, uh, yeah. like that's why I chose it. I was like, I really want to give it another shot because it would save me a lot of conversation if I just randomly decided to like it. I would just say, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I must have been misinterpreting things, you know, like, and then um, we start off on the right foot. Yeah. Um, crushing a skeleton. Um, I want to put, <laughs> I want to put a name on your enjoyment and it's Stan Winston. Oh, practical yeah. effects artist behind this, behind aliens, uh, behind a lot of movies that you've seen. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park, the first three movies, I think. Uh, the guy is legendary. This is another great piece of work from him. So, yep. when a I great was, uh, source of your enjoyment, it sounds like. When uh, me and uh, enemy of the show, Davis Kauk, were doing our Hellraiser watch through, I forget which one, but like sometime in like late period Hellraiser, and man, guys, let me tell you, after four, it is just all fucking garbage. Um, it is. It was. It was a rough watch through. Um, but like in the opening credits, Stan Winston's name pops up and I was immediately like, no fucking way. Like, holy shit, Stan Winston. And Davis was like, who's that? And I was basically like, have you ever liked, uh, have you ever liked a practical effect from the eighties or nineties? Um, and he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, if Tom Savini didn't do it, Stan Winston did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's how I explained Stan Winston. It's like, if you liked something you saw that was an effect in that time period, it was, I'd be willing to bet it was one of those two guys that were responsible for it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously an overstatement. Other people did cool practical effects, but those two are prolific. Um, God, Stan Winston rules. If you don't follow his, uh, his school has an Instagram account and they just post the coolest shit. It's Stan Winston school. I don't even know if it's a real school or just an Instagram account, but they post the coolest fucking shit. Like I can't recommend the follow enough. Um, yeah, I kind I kind of derailed you with old Stan, but I wanted to give him some love. Yeah. So you put, you, you put me in a good mood, damn it. All right. I'm here to, <laughs> I'm here to terminate that. Um, I'm the T 1000 of feelings. Uh, <laughs> So, so you like so, the first 10 minutes or so, 5-10 minutes. You got a yeah, good vibe yeah. going. You're thinking, then, you know what, maybe this isn't so bad. And then I want to tell you the moment the franchise died. Bad to the bone? Yes, sir. Yes. That is a bingo, as they say in Inglorious Bastards. Fucking, ah, oh, oh, you're just <laughs> saying all the right things. Keep going. Um, Yeah, man, it's just like, so... This is what I love about Terminator 1. Um, okay, I'm not going to call it a perfect movie. Like, I, I, There's tons of shit that just doesn't hold up like to the test of time, let alone objective criticism. You know, like, I'm mm-hmm. not, I just, I like it, all right? You know, like, I, um, the things that, first of all, really work about that movie for me that just make everything forgettable, first of all, the grit 
okay? Just, it's so gritty, and you can kind of get past some dated effects because of just how raw and underground the whole thing feels, and it's just, it's just cool, man. You feel like you're part of something that's kind of punk rock when you're watching Terminator. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is glossy I as feel, fuck. I feel dad rock watching that scene. Yes. Yeah. Hollywood as fuck. And that's what happens when you go from a budget of $6 million to a budget of $100 million. And that's what happened. Um, the second thing that really worked for me in Terminator is Arnold Schwarzenegger's menace. Like, dude... When he was driving around in that cop car in the parking garage looking for Sarah Connor, I was scared he was going to come get me. Mm-hmm. Like, I was scared he was going to come out of the screen or pull up in my driveway and come fucking terminate me. It just immersed me and pulled me in. And there was just something magnetically terrifying about his performance in that. And in this exact moment, he fucking comes out of a bar looking like a boomer mom's idea of what the kids think is cool and playing music that is a boomer dad's idea of what the kids should think is cool but they're too lame they don't know how cool bad to the bone is and the party is fucking over we have turned our magnetic anti-hero baby face and it will never be the same just like that fucking squandered and we never go back. I hate. And Arnold hated. Arnold hated the decision to turn Terminator babyface. No way, really. Yeah, way. Who knows the character better than Arnold? No. Do you? Listener? I, I, listener who wants to yell at me? Before you yell at me, I'm going to make you say I know the character Terminator better than Arnold Schwarzenegger. You have to say that before you come at me. Well, they'll text you, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be ready. I'll be fucking ready. Bring the big guns. Is, it didn't start this way. I didn't start this angry. I didn't start this aggressive, man. I'm like the Joker. Society made me this aggressive about Terminator 2. Oh, Denny's getting a little twisted. <laughs> um... All that goes to say, I will say another nice thing. That mall scene and the the initial highway chase scene are pretty fucking on point. I can't really criticize those at all. At fucking all. Yeah, like you are saying, the action sequences. Holy shit. Bangers. (laughs) Fucking bangers. Um, It is something that kind of... It didn't ruin my immersion, but I was kind of thinking about it. It It's just like... We've shown that, like, shooting him with a pistol, like, just kind of regenerates. Like, why do we keep trying? Through the whole movie, we're just like, all right, it's fine. We've got the pistol yeah. reloaded. And we're just like, no, I know that doesn't do anything. So you could just probably throw that away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, for what it's worth, I could watch Arnold get shot with a pistol over and over again and just keep walking slowly forward. Like, it's, yeah. it's never it's never not cool it's not logical but like it's it's always pretty fucking cool um, but uh okay man i'm uh i'm ranting a lot and i'm gonna rant a lot more i i'd, yeah. I'd like to i'd like to hand it over to you because uh well i i, I talk a lot 
I talk too much. Well, this this is your platform, and this is the movie I wanted to let you off the leash a little, because uh, you're bad to the bone, baby. Oh God! I just killed my franchise. Your dad loves this film. And Harley's. Your uh, mom just got wet. I'm gonna have to forget to edit that out later. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is all just an overly complicated PSA about the dangers of mercury. Um, <laughs> don't fuck with uh, liquid metal, guys. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mostly just got like my typical gimmicky kind of notes, like uh john connor hacking an atm and he takes three hundred dollars and the world's your oyster and that's all you got yeah it kind of sucks it makes it makes blank check make uh decent sense kids have limited imaginations sure uh i need to go to the sarah connor lock picking school um she's good she's good uh the t-1000 uh, has the combined powers of Ditto and Scyther. <laughs> Very interesting. That one popped me. <laughs> that one popped me. <laughs> you crossed over Pokemon Pro Wrestling and Terminator. There we go. The trifecta. <laughs> well, I, I brought in the pop, I suppose. Uh, only on the microphone. Um, I, I really wish that... Just like with uh, The Sixth Sense, I kind of wish I had experienced finding out Arnold is the good guy organically through watching the movie. I wonder what that was like for audiences going like, oh man, because on the poster, you know, it's just Arnold on a bike with a shotgun. You're like, oh no, he's back. Um, we should watch the trailer and see if they told them. Probably I wonder. Did. I've uh, got to think they probably did. If Bad to the Bone is in the trailer, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> God, I fucking hate that scene. <sighs> um, oh my fucking God. Yeah, you mentioned Arnold's menace in the first one, and they did soften him up into a little beanie baby in this one, but I don't want to dismiss Robert Patrick's performance as the T-1000. He's awesome. He's he does have like hits his eyes, man. Just like his icy, uh, light colored eyes, and he's just got the. It's it's like if it follows followed the rules of its own movie. It was just like mm-hmm. he, it's always it's constantly coming. It's completely relentless. That's yeah. its own kind of menace. And then it's not just that. It's how smart he is, and <laughs> he like takes the form of the stepmom i love that scene oh that's a great scene that's a great scene i'm not saying there's nothing good in this movie right that's a fantastic scene yeah Yeah, totally and i hope people understand that like your main problems with the movie make you dislike it as a whole yeah but there's cool stuff there's such cool action sequences and like smart action sequences like i was just saying where we find out that the robot is impersonating people that the kid knows yeah and then turning into Scyther arm <laughs> through the head of somebody else. Like No, that every... was a dark scene, man. That was a dark fucking scene. Oh, yeah. It really was. You're just like, well, these are the only, like, oh, man. I, I wanted to say something cool about his performance. Could you remind me the actor's name? Uh, Yeah, uh, Robert Patrick. 
I wanted to say Robert Pattinson. I was like, I know that's not oh, it. Um, that would have sucked. He no, some, something was a baby. Cool, <laughs> something cool I read about his performance is uh, he did really intense cardiovascular conditioning, breathing only through his nose. So oh, he could, yeah. So he could run really fast without showing fatigue on his face. Yeah. And to the point that he trained so hard for the movie that uh he very easily caught up to the dirt bike when he was chasing it dude that's so cool like like just what a fucking level of commitment and that just the, it, it it paid off those moments where he is just like in a dead sprint not moving his face you know just like yeah. looking robotic in an absolute dead sprint he really did that they don't yeah. have him like on a cart moving forward you yeah. know out of shot like he's running he's, he's really doing it it's fucking rad man he's booking it um and i thought that was so cool i'm like i'm because you know it's a 1991 film i'm looking for where they sped it up and i'm just yeah. like this isn't sped up he's just really booking it i don't yeah. think i really noticed the like robotic nature of keeping his mouth closed and like his face pretty motionless while he was yeah. doing that but you just you don't notice it but you internally realize yeah he's a robotic menace it makes him well, more scary whether you realize it or not that's the thing is as soon as i read that i was like ah but i would have noticed if he didn't mm -hmm. i may not have noticed that he did look robotic but if he was like breathing heavily and looking yeah. tired i would have noticed that and mm -hmm. that's what's just like the over the top extra level of bravo sir like i just applaud your commitment because you thought of something that I honestly, I sure as hell can't say I would have thought of it. And if I did think of it, I would have been like, God, I hope no one else thinks of it because I don't want to fucking run this much. <laughs> you know, like, I hope I can just get away with it. I would have been too lazy. You know, that was that was awesome, man. It was really good. Um, Greg, there comes a time when we need to talk about how fucking horrible John Connor is in this movie. Oh man. With um, his Crispin Glover comb over. When you're you said you were gonna bring up a comb over in Terminator what the 2. Fuck was that wannabe Sean Hunter hairstyle. Dude. Just saying. I don't know how old Jonathan Taylor Thomas was, but nah, he's probably too young. Dude, I don't wanna knock a child for their performance ever. Mmm I do. I can say it was bad, but I don't want to blame the kid and be like, you should have been better. Cause yeah, I don't want to say the kid. kid sucked. And I was like, man, eh, they, they could have picked someone else. So let me say this. Every single thing he said, every noise he made was like nails on a chalkboard to me. I could not stand every time that character made a sound to the point that I would trade him for two Spencer Breslins in a Parent Trap type Terminator 2 situation. Holy That's shit. right. Yeah. Make it three. See if I give a fuck. I could not stand this bitch-ass John Connor. And then! And then! The Terminator has to listen to him? When he tells him not to hurt people and say funny things and be a walking, talking, robotic, baby back bitch. What the fuck was that? 
Did they delete a scene where he cuts off his robo-balls and wears them around his neck like fucking Dyson and Mir? Dyson is the scientist character. Um, he was fine. Dyson was fine. I I've wish. got no beef with Dyson except he died in a really weird way that made me wonder if he was supposed to be a malfunctioning robot. Other than that, he was fine. But he made weird faces that were really mechanistic when he was dying you feeling okay there buddy nah i'm pretty, pretty fucking far from okay love it all right step that's aside a... greg that's exactly what i wanted you to say god um, yeah i i didn't love those parts it's it, it's it's a weird thing of having your like kid fantasy owning a killer robot in your r-rated time traveling action flick like who was this for <clears throat> whoever saw terminator one greg whoever saw terminator one and said i liked the movie but i wish the terminator killed less and had more of an emotional arc george lucas <laughs> it's funny because i was about to say Fucking up the casting of John Connor in Terminator 2 is akin, but not as egregious as fucking up the casting of Anakin Skywalker. There we go. You could have had fucking anyone in the world. Anyone in the fucking world! And I'm not even saying these kids were bad performers, I'm saying they were miscast by a lot. So now you understand how Vanessa and I felt about Disney's The Kid. I don't think you understand how I feel about Terminator 2. Um, I think yeah, this I, is... I, I think I went deeper. The difference is the praise for Terminator 2 and you being chastised for disliking it or disagreeing yeah. with the praise. Yeah. I get that. I didn't start here. They hate, pushed me here. Hating kids is the theme of the episode. <laughs> uh, and time travel, except for Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> Man, that would have been way cooler with some time travel. Hell yeah. Would have probably messed up your motion sickness a little bit more. <laughs> I'm here to tell you to bet this on this Eagles game. <laughs> um, I, I, well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All nah, right. Uh, nah, which one? Me God, or you? This is terrible. Uh, I'm just going to talk now. Um, okay. uh, dumb joke. Why didn't Miles Dyson just work on revolutionizing the vacuum cleaner instead? Um, mm. oh, man. Well, because Terminator 3 invasion rise of the vacuum cleaners would have been too good of <laughs> too a movie cool. for this franchise <laughs> the only one that can stop them is the brave little toaster um i thought in in the scenes where you know john connor is teaching humanity to arnold schwarzenegger uh he doesn't understand what crying is and then later on He's like, all right, here's how we high-five. He's like, all right, up top, down low, too slow. And I thought when he did the too slow that Arnold was going to start crying. And <laughs> <laughs> I now know why you I cry. Un <laughs> I understand why you cry now. <laughs> if only. Oh, why didn't they God. ask me to help with the script? Uh... Um, so on another level of john connor in this right mm -hmm. we've talked about this before 
even if you haven't verbalized it, you're probably on some level familiar with the idea that we don't... Uh, oh shit, my uh, computer's about to die. Um, I have to plug it the fuck in! Um, I'm getting a lot of Denny's thighs right now. Oh yeah. Oh, There's a lot of them. There's the noise. Okay. Um, so, like, even if you haven't verbally stated this, you're probably on some level aware that uh, kids don't tend to have egregious acts of violence done towards them in your movies, especially not your big-budget Hollywood movies. And so what's at stake in this is that the evil Terminator is going to fucking light up John Connor with a bunch of guns and then impale him on a scyther arm. On some level, you know. You know that that's never going to happen in this movie. So why do we spend two and a half hours pretending that it might? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, did you ever for a moment be like, uh-oh, I might have to watch this kid's head get blown up. That would be saddening for me. Mm-hmm. Like... What? Just don't put something at stake that your audience knows will not actually happen. Right? Like, it's the same as, like, unless you're Game of Thrones, if you're not going to, like, don't don't put your main character's life in danger in the middle of a serial episode unless you're going to actually fucking kill him. Like, if you're not going to do it, like, like, don't fucking... Don't put Iron Man's life in danger in Iron Man 2. You know they're not going to kill Iron Man there. I'm not going to spoil anything. Live under a fucking rock or some shit. But, like, find other stakes. Find stakes that might create some fucking suspense. We know we're not going to watch this kid get fucking scar-faced. Like, yeah. <laughs> we know it's not going to happen. And that's kind of what I was talking about with kind of forgetting what happens. Like, my the stakes for me were we're going to succumb to the future that we're that's been laid out for us yeah that was the stakes for me and then they resolved that until they kind unresolved of. it in and the next the movie <laughs> yeah it just unresolved itself i don't know why i'm so hung up on this but yeah like they blow up the lab and they're on their way to destroy the chip at that point i was just i was i kept expecting the moment of oh shit we forgot about this thing and it just never happened i guess that was the stakes for me is why are there sequels yeah i mean like man they also established like they were like like they asked the terminator like basically like is humanity doomed to fail and he's just like it's in your nature to destroy yourself it's part of your programming and they're like, cool, that seems true. We're going to save it anyways. I was just like, what? Like, uh, like, he just told you that, like, this is an inevitable eventuality. Basically, if it's not Skynet, it's going to be something else. So why are we fighting so fucking hard when we've, like, fully accepted this as fact? I don't know, man. I don't know either, Greg. I can't answer these questions for you. Which brings me to another point. Ah, Despite randomly transitioning in and out of Sarah Connor voiceover to explain shit, god damn do they have a lot of expositional dialogue. They even had a voiceover 
over Terminator explaining the expositional dialogue to Dyson. Mm -hmm. And they voiced over telling us, like, they were describing his expositional dialogue. They were describing him talking, and they didn't overcut it over some interesting fucking B-roll of a dark future or anything like that. They had him sitting at the kitchen table talking to a man and his family, and they didn't even show us that. They just fucking described him describing something. Mm-hmm. While we kind of saw it. It's... I, I, I felt weird during that scene. <laughs> I don't think I had such a visceral reaction, but I I felt something during that scene. I was like, huh. We could have just cut to the end of the conversation and just had Dyson go, man, that's some heavy stuff. Future sounds terrible. I can help. Well, they could have ended the fucking voiceover at the first line, which was, he explained it all to Dyson. Which would have been fine. You want to talk about redundant dialogue mm-hmm. in Silver Linings Playbook. They could have just said that and moved on to the next thing. We don't need to see it. And then she just, like, dwelled on it while we watched him explain it. Mm-hmm. Just, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Oh, my Then he's not God. happy, guys. Um, my doctor told me to avoid stressful experiences due to my hypertension. And I told him I've got to watch Terminator 2 for my podcast. Uh, it's going uh, to be while I'm sick. Late in the day. Is there a worse plot device ever than the Terminator has to listen to a little bitch kid? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not off the top of my head right now, but... Why does the asylum alarm sound so much like a seal barking when they're breaking out Sarah Connor? I think that's cool as hell, man. That sounds... Audience loves this. Uh, I, I like that alarm sound. I don't know why. Because it sounds like a seal barking, and it's cute, and you like yeah. cute animals. Oh, yeah. It makes me think I'm having fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I do love cute animals. All right. Um, I'm falling asleep. Do you have any other things? I got, like, one or two more. Yeah, I got a few more. Um, I just want to reiterate that, like... Terminator got called a dork by a pubescent boy and took it on the chin. Jesus, man. Um, yeah, he did. Just fucking hell. Um, they did predict drones. That's pretty neat. They talked about how, like, humans are going to create these uh, war machines that remove all human decision-making. Um, and there will just be, like, no empathy and just mass killing. And I was like, hey... I don't know yet if it leads to Skynet, but that has absolutely happened, and it's a pretty not cool thing going on right now. Um, that's interesting. Let's see if the drones become self-aware. Um, let's see. Dude, Jesus, man. How fucking long were they fixing that car for? It felt like years. It felt like fucking years that they were in that desert outside the trailer working on the car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had to have a... High five montage. We had to find the weapons. We had to meet the uh, meet the people. We had to have a dream sequence. We had to learn about um, Sarah's relationship with these people. We had to learn about uh, a couple other things. Did we have to? Uh, well, I fucking zoned out and played. It's in Tetris. the movie. I was so goddamn bored. It was in the movie, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> 
So yes, we had to. So we had to, but did the movie have to make us? I mean, you're asking a lot of questions here, buddy. Oh my god, man. Just, it went on forever. And I also laughed when, like, what seemed to be, like, the big point of that scene was when Sarah Connor was like, I realized finally he'd found a father figure who would never leave him. And then at the end of the movie, when he's melting into the acid, those words just, like, echoed in my head. And I was like, well... (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you thought of that, too, because Uh, I was like, so much for that father figure thing from earlier. Um... Can you believe this fucking Pinocchio real boy shit they gave Terminator in this? Like, oh, I'm not human. I want to cry. I want to feel. Jesus. Just, God, fuck. I'm, it's, it's like, it's not engaging me, but I'm not, like, mad about it. <laughs> These are all, this is all stuff that's frustrating the daylights out of you, and I'm just like, it's fine. It was a bridge that got me to cool things that I liked. Did you, uh... But maybe there were one too many bridges. Maybe. Did you notice how much Sarah Connor's voiceover sounded uh, so much like uh, Abed Nadir's Batman monologues? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, but uh, now I do, so... Tremendous. Um, you know what? Fuck Arnold's I Need a Vacation quip with a rhino's dick. Good <laughs> God. They have horns too, buddy. Um, Miss me with that Avengers-ass Joss Whedon bullshit. God fucking damn it. Push John like... Connor into the fucking melted steel. Oh, no. I like push... when they, they push the T-1000 in there and he's like splish splash taking a lava bath. That was kind of funny. He seemed happy. Yeah. Um, and it didn't seem like lava. No, so this will this will be my final my final soapbox. Um, okay, maybe I'm I'm gonna intend for it's it. Not to a be. promise. Um, we gotta go to bed, buddy. Can you believe, Greg? Can you believe that they spent a hundred million dollars and two and a half hours? All building up to just recycling the ending from the first movie. Okay. Listen. That's a pretty good point. Thank you. It's one I kind of thought of as like... I think maybe that's why I forgot some of the ending to this one. Because I was like, no, that's the first one. That's not what happens here. And then it happened here. But with a thumbs up. Um... (laughs) Uh, and I didn't take the note down, but I definitely had the thought of like, man, <laughs> they're really good at finding steel plants in like a real hurry in this franchise. Yeah, right. Sarah, Sarah's fucking, got a knack for it. The warehouse showdown happening again. Come on. I really liked the, I kind of wish this was the conclusion of it, honestly. Um... It was kind of a new take on it, where, like, they crash into a frozen nitrogen? Hydrogen. A frozen hydrogen truck, and it spills, like... No, it's nitrogen. Spills liquid nitrogen all over the T-1000. He can't move. He freezes, and Arnold just shoots him in the head, and he explodes. 
and I was like, wow, this is the opposite of the 1951 The Thing, where they freeze him, and that's the solution. And yeah. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. And then he just kind of comes back together, and we got another 20-minute fight scene in the uh, industrial <laughs> setting. I was like, oh, okay, I know where this is going to go. Let's, let's, let's get along, then. <sighs> I need to go to my quiet place. Yeah, you do. Here's some closing thoughts. Please. I hate this movie so much because I think Terminator is one of the coolest ideas ever. Mm -hmm. I love, I love the premise for this movie, man. I just think it's one of the coolest fucking ideas cinema has ever had. And I guess, I guess this is like you were saying, like you guys said with the kid, it's how did you fuck up that potential? How did you destroy something that I would have loved? Um, mm -hmm. A few other things is, am I being egregiously harsh? You better believe it. Like I opened with, if you just want to say this is a fun action movie and you don't look that deep into it, I'll even go as far as I'll give you the story structure is fine and dandy. Like, it's all right. I got nothing to say to you. But that's not what we're here to do. And that's not what people come at me with when I say, I don't think it's as good as Terminator 1. That's what this started with. That's all mm -hmm. That's all this blood feud started with, was me saying, no, I don't know. I really don't think Terminator 2 is as good as people say it is. And it's escalated into this. Kind of like Skynet started with simple, ah. simple technology advancements. Um, you know, um, I will always take it easy on something that turned a small budget into something mediocre and i will always be harsh on something that turned a massive budget into something mediocre um terminator one turned a small budget into something that's more than mediocre it's very very good and because of that i will forgive a lot of its flaws and just straight up overlook them and be like hey you really stretched your limits on a limited budget cool this one turned so much fucking money into just boilerplate, lowest common denominator, lazy horse shit. And because of that, I'm going to be way harsher on it. Um, way, way harsher. And am I being harsh? You better believe I am. Um, and you know what? If Dan Harmon can hate Goodwill Hunting and Inception, I can hate Terminator 2 fair greg do you have any closing thoughts um wow i don't feel necessarily exactly the same as denny not even that close this doesn't make me that mad um you're gonna be shocked at my critical score by the way oh okay uh the t-1000 brake checking a helicopter is Oh, no, that was uh, Arnold. He brake-checked a helicopter, yeah, and that was really cool. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I don't have really too much else to say. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's... Yeah, it's like Denny was saying. It's a good action movie and a fun sequel. Puts a nice bow on things. And the more I ignore the fact that there are sequels to this, the more I enjoy it. So take that how you will. Uh, Denny, what's, uh, 
Let's get into gimmicks, buddy. What gets the Vincent Vega Award for not learning uh, from your second chance? Um, it uh, it should go to the biker in the first scene who said you forgot to say please because I we like, all know that, I like that Vince Vega's gotten himself into some trouble asking for a please in an inappropriate time. Oh, nice. But that's not who nice. I'm going to give it to, but I did think of that. Um, I'm going to give it to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Terminator's baby face turn. Um, I hated when they did it with Frankenstein and The Bride. Um, I fucking hate when people get drawn to this monster it's something that happens in wrestling is a bad guy will start to get cheered and so they'll be like oh the audience likes him let's make him a good guy and then they'll change everything about him and then the audience starts booing them because they're like what the fuck this isn't what we cheered for um people liked jason Voorhees, and they never made him be nice and start quipping they just kept they just kept him the same can't wait till that I happens better not fucking have to eat my words when lebron james gets to produce the next friday the 13th like he wants to um i didn't know that that's scary i have faith in you lebron he's one of the only people who might dig it out of ip hell honestly i just hope he does it um so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to uh the just the truly irredeemable thing about this was to completely change the nature of of the character that worked so well for me, which is the Terminator. Okay. Um, I I had something here, but now I don't really know where to where I land on it. Uh, it's I'll just go with it. Uh, I've said it a few times. The fact that we didn't learn to not make a sequel out of this. Yeah. We got a second chance. I think it was a success. This movie was successful. Um. Despite how you feel about it, this movie was a success. People love it. Our second chance went through. We don't need more second chances. They mm-hmm. all suck. They're all bad. Um, I haven't seen the last last one was like Dark Fate or something like that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna see it because I don't care. I I'm wanted not... to want to see it because I like Terminator so much. Yeah. And I just kept watching the trailers and I was like, I can't make myself be excited for this. I'm really trying. That was the thing. Like, I was like, I, I could I could watch a new Terminator thing. I'll give it a second chance. And then, ah, you see? Yeah. On on brand. And I was just like, eh. It, then it came out and I was just like, eh, I'll, I'll do something else with my time. <laughs> I lost I lost interest as soon as it came out. It didn't look good. That's right. Um, Denny, what's your favorite line? Um. <laughs> oh. It just struck me as so funny. It's uh, it's it's a combo actually. My two favorite lines came back to back when the the uh, the security guard says, "You son of a bitch, you shot me." Like, who fucking responds to getting shot by being like, you shot me! Um, I liked, I did like that one. I remember that. That was really funny. And then the, the one-two punch, uh, much like the kid, is when Arnold goes to John Connor. He'll live. Mm-hmm. Which was actually something kind of badass, right? Like, of like, you told me I couldn't kill people. You didn't say mm-hmm. I couldn't shoot people. Yeah, you know, exactly. like, that, that was actually kind of, like, cool as shit, right? <laughs> I, like, I do like that that actually carried through when he, like, 
walks into like the lobby of that building with all the cops and he just shoots everyone in the knee like one at a time (laughs) just like nice he's still following the rules a little bit (laughs) just like pop 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 everyone's just like maybe we should leave well yeah and then like you see him like scanning the room and it says human casualties zero zero point (laughs) zero yeah yeah we didn't lose half a life so we're all good Um, what's your favorite line greg i don't know this this struck me as like i think it was supposed to be more emotional but i kind of got a chuckle out of it uh john connor's crying like he's like mom i came to save you you should have left me and then john starts crying he's like but i thought you loved me (laughs) and arnold looks at him and says what's wrong with your eyes (laughs) (laughs) your face is leaking it was, it was good. I just thought it was funny. Charming Arnold delivery. I fucking love Arnold. I love him so go. much. I have, uh... I think I have three or four Arnold Schwarzenegger toys in this room right now. Not bad. Yeah. Maybe three. One of them's uh, a Turbo Man. Uh, Denny, I'll give you my Critiker score first. Oh, you got a Turbo Man before I Christmas. Wow. I got it at Walmart and I bought it immediately. Hell yeah. Um, I'll give mine first. My critic score, I gave it a 30 out of 40. Nice. nice. 7.5 out of 10. Solid action flick. Uh, I kind of want to check the, uh, the movies around this, but I feel like this is, for an action movie, kind of on the high-ish end. Um, if I want to watch just, like, an action movie, I'm just going to go watch John Wick or something, but... Yeah, still solid. Good early 90s movie. Good sci-fi. Great, terrific, fantastic practical effects. Oh, we didn't even get into how cool, like, the uh, the Melty Terminator was when he got shot and stuff. Like, we didn't even talk about it. It looks yeah, great. Unfortunately, no, but, yeah. I, I, I mentioned that it was annoying that they kept shooting him with a pistol when it clearly didn't work, but, yeah, not the effect. Oh, shit, surrounding... I got confused. I, I thought you were talking about... Uh arnold getting shot oh no no the uh the big bad guy that makes that makes more sense i was like i don't know man i don't think all the cops shooting arnold knew that it doesn't work Uh, that's completely different i i missed i missed what you were saying i got confused our heroes keep shooting the main robot and they're just like (laughs) no this time that's more fair that's stupid yeah a hundred percent that was stupid all right uh 30 out of 40 what about you uh when i told you i thought you'd be shocked at my critical ranking what are you expecting? Um, I'm expecting it to be higher than I thought. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to guess here and say uh, 25. 31 out of 50. 31, wow, okay. I lowered it from a 35. Um, okay. I actually liked it less, giving it a second chance. Like It, it made me like truly, deeply upset watching it. Like I was like... I might be saying some things to Terminator 2 that I need to say to people who've hurt me in my life at this point. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's um, what I'm feeling. No, I, I, this is one I really did. Like I was like, I'm going to commit to something. I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to roast this. I'm really going to like look at the action movies and compare them and figure out where I really think this ranks. Um, yeah. I would think that most listeners of me just losing my shit like a child about this movie... Um, would think I would just like lambast it and I'm going to commit to what I said at the beginning and end of it. 
it is a perfectly fine and okay action movie. It gets a passing grade. I don't think it's All anything right. particularly special. I do think Terminator 1 is better. Um, but if you want me to objectively score it, I think it is a big budget 90s action sci-fi that is all right. It's 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 got some cool stuff in it. It's got some problems. But if you want to challenge me of which is the better Terminator movie, I'm just going to play this podcast for you actually. I'm not going to waste my breath anymore. There you go. I'm just going to say listen to movies for one. I click on I've, click on the timestamp. I think I've fought enough. I think I think this battle's over. I think I've uh I think I've, I think I've saved our future, Greg. That's right. We've put a we've put a really nice bow on the discussion. So tune in next week where we talk about Terminator Three. <laughs> uh, what are we gonna do next week, Greg? We've learned. Nothing. Wait, 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 wait. What's the best movie for uh, movies for when you want to oh. give uh, something a second chance? Oh, oh shit! I don't know. <laughs> um, I didn't even think of this. Um. You pick. I... Well, so this one's kind of hard for me because, like, it's impossible for me. If, if you ask me what's my favorite movie we watched this week, I'm gonna be like, "That's a fucking easy choice." Silver Linings Playbook. But I wasn't giving that a second chance, yeah, right? That's so that kind of that kind of disqualifies it. Uh, can I, in good faith, pick the kid? I um, kind of want to lean towards the kid just because of how much fun I had talking about it with Vanessa. Yeah. Uh, it's very rare I get to hate watch a movie. You know what? I, but, like going in completely raw and realizing three minutes in, like, oh, I hate this. I'm gonna take, <laughs> I'm gonna take roasting notes. That's a good I, feeling. So I, I gotta go with that one. I feel even that. though I hadn't seen it before. I mean, something that I love about this podcast is that we talk about what we like most of the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, like uh, hating something is safe. Loving something is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I I love talking about what we love, but man. Every sometimes, once in a while. Some, sometimes Frozen <laughs> comes up. I really do have a good time talking about stuff we hate. Um, I'm gonna... I don't want to do it every week, though, because that just gets negative and cynical. There you um, go. Um, but, I got uh, bad news for next week, then. Okay, cool. Wait, wait. I'll, I'll pick the kid for a very different reason than you did. Um, it's because I actually found some things that I didn't know I liked about that movie. Okay. I, actually, I actually really enjoyed the third act, and I was like, hey... Like I said, baby in the bathwater. There is a there is some really there's a really cool understanding of what inner child work and healing looks like that was uh, super not popular in two thousand. It wasn't like everyone was like sharing self care and trauma memes on Facebook. You know, like that's, that's everywhere right. these days. Like therapy's in. It's cool right now. Um, for its time in two thousand, that was actually. Uh, it's pretty cutting edge so i'm gonna say the kid I, I learned something new and i'm doing the thing i said earlier where i repeat myself even though i've already like really established my, oh my god it's, what a- this episode's too long already what am i gonna hate about next week greg well denny next week um i said you weren't gonna like it but after some internal deliberation i think we're actually going to really like it we're yeah. going to give three options to the audience to vote on we uh we didn't have you guys pick a movie this week um the week or for a while we haven't had you guys pick a movie for a while we're gonna let you pick an entire topic and 
yeah by all means if if you make a topic suggestion su throw some movie suggestions in there too or uh in in the comments say like i picked this one because i want you guys to watch this and i'll give us some good ideas so Ooh, yeah that's good that's good please let us know what you'd like to see and what you'd like to hear or the other way around whatever bada bada boom bada bada bang <clears throat> all right um denny i'm still feeling a little sick um, I think the medicine I need is actually in a catchphrase. Mm, I prescribe you one movies for when outro. For Greg Work, the leg work Johnson, and Vanessa, producer and savior of the show Taylor, I'm Dinny de Talent Taylor, saying, come with movies if you want to win. We already told you when. Blah, blah, blah. Kanye rapper noises. That's what guns sound like in 2021. They don't go pop. Do, do. They go blah. Do, 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 do. That's what they sound like. I now know why you clap. <laughs> <laughs>